Shout out to everybody that's on the new check-in. Yes, you're probably seeing a different, uh, you know, different borders and different situations popping up here. But I'm here with uh, actually a good friend. Yeah. And uh, it's my bro, Vic. He's from the, the UK. Now, I know y'all going to hear his voice. And I know New Yorkers love hearing the British voices talking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, just last week we had my, 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 my friend that was from the UK as well. And she knows Victor very well. You know, you know <laughs> I mean, if you don't see the resemblance, then that went over your head. So, um, but most importantly, we are here with his beautiful lady. I'm going to stress a lady. That's what I see. So, uh, I tell you, this this is the part that always gets crazy. So, hold on one moment. Yeah. All right, just stay right there. He'll be back in ten minutes. Just stay right there. I'm upstairs on the live. He'll, he's coming right back. All right. So what it is, is shout out to Pablo Frescobar. What it is, is uh, we have a situation that, I wouldn't say a situation, but I, I would say uh, this is a real common thing that's going on in the United States. Hmm. And a lot, of, a lot of brothers, man, we tend to like everything that's there's a twist. I, I feel that black men are the most non-racist men in the world because we are not as loyal to our race as black women are because we'll date outside our race in a minute. Um, but I will say that you know when you see such an amazing couple, it 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 intrigues me. And you know I want you know I want Victor shout out to Victor to give him a round of applause for joining us, Victor and Paulina. You know. And I want to give more of a layout of how you guys met and um, let them know where you're at right now live, number one. Let them know where you're at. Okay, right now. okay. We're, we're live from East London right now. East London, slowly coming out of quarantine. Things are starting to open back up right now during this pandemic. Um, yeah, man, we're, we're, we're doing good. We're doing okay, you know? Now, the thing is out there, to, to, to give a great thing of, as far as what's currently going on, uh, you guys obviously was going through what we in New York was going through first. And then we ended up being the epidemic and the main part of the whole situation. What is it now? You still, is it still we have to walk out with masks or what's going on out there? Yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you break that down. Yeah, so um, Dave, I think they've kind of done things a little bit different here. Like we didn't have to wear masks in public transport at first, but then it was instituted in June. Yeah. And then uh, wearing masks inside in shops, like we didn't have to do that until last week. Last Friday. So they've, it, it's been very different in terms of like, I think in other countries, it was like right away, you have to wear masks in public transport, inside stores, inside everywhere. And here they're like, okay, now you have to wear your masks. So I think there's a lot less cases now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not, as, not, as, not as many people are dying now, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Is it? We we hit our peak like in mid April, mid April, late April, and since then it's been a lot more controlled. Um, you don't have to wear masks like walking out on the street. That's that's not mandatory, but you do see some people still wearing masks in the street. Uh, I'll be honest, man. I, I I you know I don't I don't like seeing that. I don't like. Um, I think social I distancing. Yeah, man. I think social distancing is the best way to stay safe, um, and. You know, if you're in a close company of somebody or whatever that you don't know, then fair enough, I understand in my situation. But 
Yeah, man. It's just uh, it's funny because during the summer as well, this is a time when you know you want to be out, you want to be enjoying right. life. Yeah. Right. And um, just seeing people in masks, it just kind of brings you back to reality. Like, oh shit, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're still in this situation. Well, that that does play a significant part because I'm going to tell you something. I went to the Rockaway Beach out here in New York recently, and I seen more people at the beach than I ever did in my whole entire life. <laughs> <laughs> because people want to get out worldwide. I think the one thing that I learned with this pandemic that we all could have in common is, you know, it's it's, it's not just for kids that want to be out. We want to be out, you know, and exactly. you want to enjoy. And, then, you know, and, and of course, you know, us being in two great cities, we can both, you know, relate to that. Now, yeah. I want to ask you, um, considering uh, Paulina, for one, okay, so you, you know, Vic obviously was born in the UK. Tell us a little bit about yourself and where were you born, and how did you end up in such an amazing city, uh, country such as uh, the, um, the uh, European? Excuse me. So, what, 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 once, once, and your boy Pablo Frescobar is asking if we're in Hackney. Uh, Hackney. Oh, what, do you, what do you know about that? <laughs> Hackney's like about 15, 15 minute drive from here. We're in South Woodford, South Woodford. That's how close it is. Yeah, so yeah, fifteen minute drive. It's not far. It's not far. Shout out to Pablo Frescobar. I don't know. I, I didn't know you knew anything about that, bro. I forgot I put that card So I was born in Mexico City, and I lived there until I was nine years old. And then I moved to California with my family. We immigrated there. And from there, I went to middle school, high school. And then when I was in uni, I started studying abroad. So first I did a semester abroad in Paris and then I did a semester abroad in Rio in Brazil. And then after that, I decided to do my master's here. And so that's wow. how I came to be in London. And then I went back to California for a couple of years and now I'm back here. Now, when you, when you was in California, you know, we, we all intrigued by California. So let's just be honest. I mean, California, <laughs> You know, and I know California is known for, you know, they got the Kim Kardashian look out there and everything. Is that the pressure to Latin women out there? Um, I would say that, you know, like growing up in California and I think growing up anywhere, there's a pressure period, you know, put together there by by social media, by, you know, magazines, you know, before social media, like there's always been kind of like a pressure Um, And I would say maybe in California, like, you know, because we have, you know, people assume that everyone's from like Hollywood and everybody knows like, you know, famous people. Um, I think there's even maybe more of a pressure there. Right. Um, Now, for those of you that that probably skipped over, they don't realize when I say pressure. Um, For example, I've heard that when you're in L.A., for example, everybody out there has this Kim Kardashian look, so the hair is a certain way, the, look, the, 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 the makeup's a certain way, the, the, the lips are a certain way. We, we, you know, we, we, tell us a little bit about that. Um. <laughs> everybody's a model. Everybody's a model. Everybody's a model, right? <laughs> oh, I think it's really interesting because I think, uh, like, from my own experience, from my friends, like, um, everyone in California kind of has like their own individual style. And I think that kind of like, oh, pressure to look like the Kardashians is kind of, I would say, I don't know. I think that's like a, cer- a certain type of person that that feels that pressure and right. maybe it comes from a lot of insecurities. 
Well, you clearly didn't feel that pressure because you're a very educated young lady, obviously. I mean, give a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Give Paulita a round of applause. I mean, you know, this is the great thing because we would visit your country in a sense of paradise, right? I mean, I'm not all parts I would assume is not like that, but you know, when we want to get away and, and live in the United States, we want to go away. We want to go to the Caribbean. We want to go to Mexico. We want to get a tan. We want to see the beautiful blue waters. You know, is it like that? And, and if it's like that, who would want to leave that? Oh, that's, <laughs> that is a, that's a very good question. Um, so I'm actually from, my family lives in the Central Valley. So it's far away from that, like, you know, beautiful ocean views and, it's a lot more uh, like working class families, hardworking families. Uh, there's a very, I think there's a lot of racial diversity there. There's a lot of uh, economic diversity there, like socioeconomic diversity. So I think it's a lot different, like living in the Central Valley than, you know, living in the Bay or living in SoCal. Um, so yeah, so uh, the reason why I wanted to, to leave or why I wanted to to explore and live in other places, I think just comes from being an immigrant and just having that like, you know, that thirst for other countries, for other cultures, for other languages, just for learning about other people. Well, it is it is it is well, of course, I would assume uh, one woman was telling me to make three thousand dollars in one year is considered that's what three thousand American U.S. dollars that's considered uh, decent money in the country. How, you know, is that, is that true? I think it really depends in Mexico, right? Right. Right. In Mexico, yeah. I think it really depends uh, where you are in Mexico. Like in Mexico City, Mexico City is like a cosmopolitan place, you know? Um, you can have, you know, not crazy rent prices and cost of living prices like you have here in London or you would have in New York. But I would say it's um, it's different there. But my mom, for example, she grew up in the state of Zacatecas, and right. for her, like that would have been her life. Like having, you know, three grand a year would have been a big money. <laughs> wow. Know? So I think it just, like I said, it just depends depends where you where you are, and I think things are constantly changing, and um, you know, the world is adapting. Mexico's yeah. It's still, I mean, it's still a beautiful place to visit considering. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, all the way we see sometimes, we may think, you know, a lot of times in Mexico, they got the cartel going on and stuff like that. Have you ever seen that ever in your life? You know, it's crazy. I, I found that <laughs> like, even here, sometimes people would, when I told them I was Mexican, people would say like, oh, so like, or is your family in a cartel? Like that's the wow. automatic assumption. And it's such a shame. And I think that comes a lot from the negative media. And of course, just from media in general, like shows like Breaking Bad, Narcos. Well, it's funny because that was the first ever conversation we had, the first ever conversation we had, we discussed that as well. Because um, I think the night that she was out, she said like, it was around the time Breaking Bad just finished, actually. Yeah. Right, right, right. Finished. And obviously, yes, an amazing show, smash hit. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And the night that she was out, like, people were like, oh, you're from Mexico. When you found out she's from Mexico, then 
you know, they started the associations, cartel talk and that stuff. So it was interesting because um, right off the bat, I kind of got that sense about, you know, how you can be stereotyped and how she felt about that, you know? Right, right, right. I know some people might embrace that because they think it's cool. Like, yeah, right, yeah, right. You know, we run it. She was like, nah, like, she's not comfortable with that. And you might have entertainment and whatnot, but you shouldn't bring that on a personal level. Like, oh, you know, you is your family part of the cartel? And see, it was an interesting conversation. And I, I'm, right. I'm having that, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because the other day I met this young lady on Instagram and she's a, she's actually going to do a video with me Friday. So she was like, yeah, because I didn't give you my real story because, like, you know, I was actually in the streets and hustling. So, you know, I'm like, oh, shit, there we go again. I'm a black man. Now they're going to tell me about selling some crack and some shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's always like he could understand because he's a hood dude. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like, so... Yeah. I think sometimes we 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 don't meet any harm with it, but it's almost a thing where, in a strange way, we're intrigued by it because mm. people are intrigued by El Chapo. They're intrigued by a, a, the the by crime. They're intrigued by things right. that can you give us something more positive about our our country, our city. So yeah. a lot of times, the same thing when people come to New York, it's like, oh man, so you know we're where do where all people get mugged at? It's like, oh damn, man. I mean, can I show you the Brooklyn Bridge? Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know, it's it's understandable, but I guess that they don't mean any harm when it's like, well, listen, New York is not all that dangerous. Yes, there is a side that's extremely dangerous, but there's a beautiful side of New York as well. So that's why I feel that people have to give the light because you know the same thing with London. I mean, they're gonna think of it on a political level. There's some things yeah. that they may not know, but some people just think that oh, it's the the country of romance. So it's like, oh my gosh, you get yeah. on the, the land of the pizza and you know, it's it's everything is has a weird tone to it. And I feel that to break this monotony is, is the way, just like you two, you know, here in America, it's a very, very big thing where interracial dating is extremely huge. And um, it it's at a level of huge where, hold on, did you, you take out? No. Go to the driveway and help no, no, out. Oh, you did? Oh, That's good, good, good. So the thing is, what I've learned is we have a kind of an epidemic here. I don't I don't know if I want to say epidemic, but I got to call it as it is. And um, there's a lot of black men that's not, that's dating Latin women. Um, Latin women know this. It's not like they don't know, because if it wasn't for Dominican women, my channel wouldn't even be where it's at, because I had a tremendous amount of Latin, Latin support because Latin women love the camera. And I live around all this. So it was as easy as, hey, let's do something over here. Let's do something over here. And I learned a lot. So it's almost as if Latin women, other than Puerto Rican, they don't realize how much of a demand they are here versus maybe in their own country. They may not even pay them that much mind the way they would do here. Um, so I was I wanted to I wanted to find out between you two, and I'm gonna mm -hmm. ask you first, Vic. Did you always uh, you know I gotta ask you this, but you know I know the real answer. Do did you ever have a, a desire to only date a Latin woman versus dating a woman that was black? Mm. Uh absolutely not. So <laughs> 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 I, I, I know some people that have that. I like 
I, I have some friends that kind of had the image in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's funny, man. <laughs> so yeah, um, no, absolutely not. I mean, I've I've uh, from my perspective, I've always, in terms of like a long term relationship, <clears throat> I've always felt most comfortable with someone who has an understanding of um, of my culture, right. and also of a, a minority's culture. Right. Um, and so, and what I mean by that is. If um if there are any issues, so for example, um, and I, I don't I don't want to go straight to the negative, but, right, right, right. But um, if we're in a restaurant, a nice restaurant, and right. there's an old white guy who's looking at me funny, you know, like what happened a couple of days ago. <laughs> True story. Um, That's my I, guy right here, boy. <laughs> I, I I need the person that I'm with to under to recognize that. <clears throat> Right. And be not necessarily be able to relate to that, although that would be good because maybe you're more empathetic if you can relate to that. But um, understand it and not see it as oh, this dude's paranoid or you know he's always tripping or something like that. You know, right. um, and I've found that that is most present in you know in minorities like myself, you know ethnic minorities like myself. So there's no there's never necessarily been like um you know I've, I've dated black women in the past um there's never been a i want to you know i i, I want exclusively date you know latina women or whatever right. it's been it's, it's that's kind of been my uh my perspective and that you need to understand where i'm coming from i need to understand where you're coming there needs to be some kind of common ground on a cultural level at least on a cultural level but then of course you can have the conflicts you know, right. between different minorities. You can have the conflicts, but I'm sure you're going to get into that anyway, man. So I'll let you... Uh... <laughs> well, you know, it, it's, it's funny you said that, man. I'm glad you brought this up because before I, I get to Pauline in this, I, I, I'm going to tell you what's really happening. See, mm. early 2000, early 2000, there was a big rush where men, black men and women stopped going to trips together as far as groups they started coming from couples to to let's get together with the fellas fellas started leaving cancun mexico we was doing things going out there every summer for um memorial day weekend and okay. you're, you're we're out there memorial day weekend and it was just amazing it's all these black and latin folks from all america partying mm. in cancun Every rapper you could imagine at the time, especially uh, whoever was prevalent at the time, and even the ones that's prevalent now that was out there, it was I would never experience nothing like that in my life. Mm. And I'm glad to have been part of that. I started seeing the change happen. Then we started going to Brazil. Brazil was a little too far. So it wasn't about bringing a girlfriend. It was like the fellows were going. And we kind of stopped doing things with groups to just going with the fellas. So okay. now the fellas, we were being selfish and we were going to these exclusive countries that nobody in America was going to. And then we started hitting up DR, et cetera, et cetera. So honestly, there was an elite crew of men and mm. it were better looking dudes. So now it was like 2005, the good looking brothers, the elite brothers were doing this because it was just about the sport of meeting the woman. 
that was exclusive. Mm-hmm. Then these ugly dudes that just really having a problem lately, which is now they're the ones that's going out there. And I know this for a fact because all the dudes that's having an issue are going out there. And and, and this these it's not saying everybody's looks a certain way, but you can see like you wasn't out there when we were out there. They weren't getting any play back in New York, basically. Hell no, hell no, no type of play center. But the guy that was getting play in New York, he was still getting play anywhere else he would go. So that's just what he did. He's now he's no longer doing that on that level anymore. He's in your position, in my position. He got a woman, and then we we keeping it pushing and keeping it going. Now there's a big movement now where a lot of these unfortunate non-elite black men. Are going to these Latin countries, such as Dominican Republic, and they're conjugating with prostitutes and marrying them. Wow. Okay. Right. So now it's to the point where all oh, we're done with American women, American Latin. They don't care. It's just an Americanized thing. They can't handle it. They want too much money, or they're too uh, high post to deal with. Okay. The the elite brothers are not having that problem. The elite brothers, the only problem they got is trying to pick who they're going to marry. Like. He don't have that issue, you know what I mean? But these busters, they got this issue, and now it's like, I got all these guys in DR where I'm shitting on, like, listen, dude, you don't have to leave America to do that, you know what I mean? You really don't. Like, try meeting a woman that's Mexican in the States, and she can at least take you to her country and yeah. show you what her country's about, you understand? So um, before I ask this question for Paulina, um, being black and being Hispanic, we have tons of questions, so it's like, you being a Mexican woman, first and foremost, how was it with the demand of, was there desires among Mexican women to be with a black man? Is that is that a big thing? Um, I mean, I really can only speak about my own experience and, you know, my own, yeah, my own experiences in dating. And I... Like that was never my goal or that was never something that I was like, um, oh, you know how there's some girls that say like, oh, I only date black guys. Like that was never me. I was like, I think that's kind of like a silly mentality to have. Like, why would yeah. you, why would you say that? Like, what does that even mean? Like, right. what, what is, what are the criteria? you know? So for me, um, so to answer your question, no, that was never kind of, what what my goal was or what I was looking for. Um, but it is who I ended up with. <laughs> mm, see what I mean? So the, I would consider y'all more elite because the nonsense that would be the propaganda that would be connected to that. Because if you're Americanizing your Latin, as you know, um, a lot of Latin parents and families ain't really into the brothers like that. <laughs> so what ends up happening is if they're old school, there may be a more of a thing where I'm like, mom, like, this is not your ordinary black guy. He's not a gangbanger. You know, this dude is, mm-hmm. you know, he's on some legit movement. So I, t- I know a lot of the Latin women that come to the States, there's still a, a negative stigma, whether it's with their men or our men. So with that being said, how does your family take to with you and Victor being together? So my family has has met Victor. They we've had him over. He uh, came I'll, to, I'll, let her, I'll let her answer. Then I'll answer. <laughs> uh, he came to my my brother's wedding last year. Um, uh, and I would say that 
you know, like when they met him, they were like, oh, he seems very nice. There's uh, a language barrier because my, my parents speak mainly Spanish and my dad especially, but you know, all my parents asked me was, you know, is he nice to you? Like, do you love him? Like, is he respectful? And once they met him, I think they could see that all those things were true. And so it wasn't so much as like, oh, you brought a black guy home. It was more of like, you know, who is this person that, that you've chosen to introduce us to? Who's this person that you've chosen to invite into our home? And, and they do like him and they, um, uh, they definitely respect him <laughs> and they welcome him into our home. And now Victor is learning Spanish to help with that language barrier. Un poco, un poco. Well, at least, at least he's learning Spanish because yeah. he's in the family. A lot of these busters out here, they try to learn Spanish so they could go to the other country <laughs> and ask a woman, how much? Like, you don't have to learn Spanish to meet a prostitute. This is a lady here. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so, Money talks for itself, right? Money talks for itself. <laughs> come on, man. These fellas, man. I'm going to be getting on all these clowns. But I am super impressed. Um, I'm not surprised because, you know, I know Victor and I know what he represents and class represents class. You know, if he's a man, that's a man and he's a lady. You're a lady. You can tell from your, your presentation. So with that being said, um, with him, obviously, the language barrier because your parents may not speak as clear English as he does, then I could see him going to learn his Spanish to step his game up. Of course, that's worth it. But a lot of these guys are learning this and they're not even doing it for the sake of living here in America where there's people that live out here that never spoke a day of English in their lives, but they've been living out here for 40, 50 years. And especially here in New York, there's not one race or creed that I haven't seen that lives within my community. So that's, that's spectacular. So with that being said, um, have you ever been with a black man? Not necessarily private life, but in regards to relationship. What do you mean? Have you ever been, have you ever had a black boyfriend? Before, before? Victor? <laughs> I have, yeah. Okay, so you, 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 do, you do see, with that being said, you being in, Amer being, being in America, um, did you pretty much fit the criteria or did you ever find yourself ever in the past to ever be with a Mexican traditional man? Um, I would say for me, it was kind of hard. I have dated Mexican men before and it was hard because as an immigrant, right. we're kind of seen as like the other, like there's, you know, Mexican Americans that were born in America and from the time that you know I was nine years old and I was in elementary school with other Mexicans who I thought were just like me, I could immediately tell like, no, you're not just like us because you weren't born here. We were born here. Mm. So I always found that a little bit difficult because in California, there are lots of Mexicans that were born in California that are Mexican American and they have, you know, they have the Chicano, Chicana identity. Uh, so I always felt kind of like separated from that. So, uh, I did, I did date Mexican men, but it didn't, um, it never worked out. That's your thing. Yeah. And that's, and that's understandable, but you, you still respect. See, the thing is what I'm trying to tell me, if, you, if they're going to be attracted to an opposite race or, 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 or different cultures or whatever, don't put your race down in the process. If it just didn't work out, it just didn't work out. You may... Yeah. You just probably connect more with more um, 
men, black men that you would with probably a traditional Mexican man. You may be just too, they can't handle you. You understand what I mean? So what ends up happening, is, I mean, and that's real. What ends up happening is, is that you have um, an Americanized presence that could be intimidating on a common guy. A lot of guys just can't deal with that. That shit intimidates you. It's like, oh shit, you know, I can't deal with it. Oh, I need, you know, they, they need something that's going to be a level down when your level up could be for somebody that's like, well, that's just perfect for me, which that's why you're with Victor. So with that being said, Victor, how was her parents mm. um, <laughs> with you? Because yeah. as you know, I mean, I'm going to tell you something, man. The only, I'm going to tell you this before you answer this, but here in New York City, if a Puerto Rican family, if I'm dating a woman and she's Puerto Rican and she got a family, you 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 good. But you know, if you know if her family is anything other than that, <laughs> this, that mother, father, something. There's something that they, you know, I'm gonna have to work them a little bit. Okay. But I, you know, the Puerto Rican because they they were born here. Yeah, they're part of the United States. It's a little more. Um, I we can identify a little different, but everything else is harder. So with you being yeah. Mexican, with you went to Mexican family, how did it go for you? Yeah, that, that's a good question. So, um, I tell you what, like within our first like couple of dates, man. In the first couple of dates, we had the conversation because I know she's from, you know, I, I, I know a little bit, a little bit about the um, relationships between the black and Latin community in America. I know how it differs somewhat from the West Coast to the East Coast. And with her being from the West Coast, um, I know that, you know, there, there are some tensions between the Mexican and black community in Los Angeles specifically. Uh, yes. And so like within the first like two or three dates, man, we, we had that conversation and I'm like, um, I, I, I kind of, I didn't play dumb, but I said to her, I said, like, tell me like, what's, <laughs> I said, so what's like, what's, what's going on? Like I always hear this, I hear that there's tension. About, uh, and I said, did <laughs> you get that from a music video? <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't realize that I actually, <laughs> like I've been to LA plenty of times. Right. I had friends out there, family out there. So I just listened to hear what she would, what she was going to say. But she actually kept it quite real. She kept it quite real. She didn't say, "Oh, you know, like it's it's blown out of proportion" or anything like that. She, she you know, she kept it real and said, "Listen, like minorities, and minorities, um, typically in the, in the same area, and whether in the same area." Um, there can be conflicts. Um, and I also know that, you know, from wh where she's from, from like North California um, versus South California, <laughs> she said Central California, again, there's, there's somewhat of a difference. And so we had that conversation earlier. I wanted to understand her mentality um, because we've all, we all know the situations where the girl is comfortable being with you, but it's it's like I don't know it's like a it's a novelty or it's like right right you know right. the parents like it's it's a secret you know it's cool, it's cool you know I'll be with my friends she speak to my friends but in terms of family the family will never never know that okay this is the dude you know I'm with a black guy so right make sure I had that conversation and you know she uh, yeah she 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 answered all the questions correctly basically. And, <laughs> And, then, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I think maybe like 
October. So it's probably like another year, maybe like it was another year after that, that I was in um, San Francisco and I, I, I met her parents and yeah, they were cool, man. Like I'll, I'll be honest, man. Like, um, and at no point did I feel like, you know, they were, I don't know, apprehensive or right, right, right. right. Dad, dad, like super cool. Um, mom, super cool. Like it was, wow. you know, brothers cool. So yeah, she's got one brother. So it was like it, it was a. Uh, I didn't know what to expect, right. but based on the conversations we had previously, I was like, okay. You know, it looks like you know she she was keeping it as real as she could, kind of thing. You know, so. Um, and that was it, man. That was it. It was cool. No issues. Um, yeah, at least no issues with her family, you know? No issues. No, with her. Nothing at all. Nobody, you, you know, no, nobody frisked you at the door. None of that. <laughs> no, none of that. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Um, I mean, listen, I always loved meeting parents. So that was always my thing because I'm a people person. So even if a person's racist, you know, they're not going to let me know they're racist because it's like, I may know you are, but you're not going to even think you are after you eat me because <laughs> it's like, I'm going to make you forget about that to the point where, and eh, listen, we're going to get past that. How you doing? And mm. I think that's the thing. I think, I think when you know you're, you as an individual, I mean, you especially because you know how you were raised, you know, this, there's a form of luxury that you've grown up with that you could actually walk with your head up yeah. you know what i mean you came from a two-parent home you're not no convicted no convicted felon so yeah. the reality is that that's the shit we deal with every day i mean we we, we got to deal with that woman i mean this mask ain't making shit no better when i walk into a store and i got a mask on my face and my big ass <laughs> So, right, you know, I, I just got to look at somebody like oh shit no nigga. But, you know I, I i think what it is is that what I've learned is that at least we have individuals that could pick up the right ones. Because you got to remember, even if my sisters bring home a Mexican dude, I may be like, well, damn, that's a good look for you. But why is he with you? Then once he, once I could see, like, I could look at him and say, no, nah, you got a good one. You're all right. We could feel that. You understand? Mm -hmm. But I could also see a black dude coming through and I'm like, oh, shit, you know, and even me as a black man, I know I'm going to even give it even deeper than I would a Mexican guy, which is sad because even as my own race, we're going to be like, oh, shit, because I'm black, you black, so it's really good. And now we got to find out if you're a good one or a black or, or a bad one. So we kind of do the same thing to us. Yes. No matter what family you meet, they're still going to be checking you because sure. they want to make sure you're good. And I mean, if that's a daffodil and they know that that's their daughter and all the above, the cousin, the sister, you know, nobody wants nobody with a shithole. So I, I do understand that. Uh, did you learn anything with regards to the food? You know, you know, a lot of Mexicans don't cook in the oven. They cook on the stovetop. <laughs> uh, um, in regards to the food. Yeah. So um, she, she, she likes to cook. She likes to cook. Um, and she's quite creative in the kitchen. Um, I think that, let me think, let me think. Like, Hold on, before, we, before you answer, let me respond to this, this idiot here. Swirling, my nigga, is 2020. Interracial marriages have been swirling for 60 years. 
Right. So what's your point? <laughs> what's, what's your point, bro? Like, Mr. Slick Word Smith, what is your point? You a player? Are you trying to let me know something? I'm not impressed. I'm not. I'm not. It, takes, it takes a lot to impress me, bro. So, yeah, I'm not impressed, bro. I'm, this is what I do. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about right there. That should mm. be no offense. So you, you're trying to basically show me that you know something that I don't know, but you need to get your own channel and teach everybody else because my subscribers here are good. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but go ahead. <laughs> So you said the, the the food was yeah like she she likes to cook she definitely gets that from from her mum you know she gets that from her mother um, you know if you go to the house the mum's very welcoming lots of food the rice the um, I'm forgetting some of the names of the food now man the um, don't, don't be saying tacos or burritos now shit no nah, that's <laughs> I, I did learn that I did learn that actually I did learn the burritos are Mexican. They're Mexican yes. American. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't. I thought burritos was because we got like chain stores here, like fast food burrito stores, like Mission Burrito and and stores and and restaurants like that, fast food yeah. tortilla. But I never. I always thought, yeah, that's just standard Mexican. But it's actually right. like you go to Mexico. That's not what they eat in there. It's the Mexicans that came to America. And they yeah, made it in America, and they're selling it. It's like a fast food, and it tastes great and whatnot. So I did oh, learn. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, the, the thing is here, it's it's funny because burritos and tacos are are, are very popular on the West and East Coast. So um, a lot of people don't realize that's that is a Mexican. But there's a lot more Mexican dishes that they make, and I think that's a big thing with black men because being that black men love families and women that can cook. So mm -hmm. I gotta ask her this question, Paulina. Do you know how to cook? I do, of course. Oh, she's a winner. She's a winner. You know what I mean? So we we don't need much. We just want to know: Can you cook? Are you educated? And are you gonna make me broke? Okay, cool. Now that's it. You know, because you know, at the end of the day, y'all gonna make some beautiful children. So the reality is that <laughs> the reality is that um, when when you are out, do you mm. see the black woman looking at you any different when you're with her? Mm. That's an interesting <laughs> question, man. I'll tell you what. Um, no, it's, it's a really good question. A really good question. Sorry, Sorry man. This, this just popped no, no, up. You, 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 could, you could actually respond to that. I got the question for you. You won't forget. I got you. All right, cool. So um, you, you, you could answer this first. You could answer this uh, first. So one of the on European black man played a role in you know, Prince Septonen. You hear so many horror stories about Mexican fathers forbidden girls from dating black American men. Um, that's a, that's that is a good question. That is a very good question. I can't, but I guess I can't answer that because I am the European black man. So <laughs> you know, if I was. The American black man, I could answer that, but but I don't think it was so much about him being a black British man, but being a good man. Period. I think you know my parents could tell right away from the way that he spoke to me, from the way that you know he was so patient with me and is so patient with me, uh, just from the way that he presented himself. I think that's what was most important, and I think also even though my parents were older parents and had me and my brother when they were older. Right. Uh, they're kind of very, you know, if we tell them not to do something, we forbid them, like say, oh, you can't, you know, you, you can't date 
this type of person, then right. it's only going to want us to do it more. So they were always like, you know what, find somebody who makes you happy, find somebody, you know, who you love, find somebody who you respect and who will respect you. And that was always like what they ingrained in me. So it was never like, oh, don't you dare bring, you know, so-and-so to this house. I think it was always like, you need to value yourself and know your own worth and then meet somebody who can see that your worth as well. So basically in a nutshell, they said it in their language, don't you be bringing no dirty motherfucking thugs up in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it. Listen, all right, because listen, my parents said it to my sister, so it's cool. I mean, it's understandable. They probably said it in their language. Like, listen, I'm telling you right now, Paulie, don't be draining bum-ass black motherfuckers in here. All that thug shit ain't going down. <laughs> but real, real, real talk, real talk. Um, right. I can't remember who asked that question, but that is definitely something that is um that that's like in general in general as a black man you know that's something that we we are forced to be aware of it, it's just a, it's, it's it's your a reality of life it's, it's just what it is and so that was definitely something that i was uh, very conscious of and still probably somewhat conscious of like i've met a lot of her family i went to her brother's wedding last year i met a lot of her family um and all of them, all of them are cool and whatnot. But that's definitely something that, you know, um, like she's never, she's never given me a heads up and said, oh, listen, by the way, you see my cousin over there or something along those lines, you know, like, oh, right. um, but that's, it's definitely been something that I'm, I'm aware of. And I've always been, um, I guess, I guess, what can I say? Aware of and I've, and I've always been, um, just mindful of, you know, just mindful of, because I know how um, we can be perceived um, yes. in the Latin culture. And right. yeah, I mean, I'll say Latin culture because that's specifically what we're talking about right now. Right, right, so, right. Yes, it's definitely something I've always been aware of. And, you know, um, thankfully, um, there, there haven't been any issues. And, and and when I say thankfully, I don't want to say it like it's a favor because it's not. Right. Thankfully, that. The family's open-minded. Right. The family's open-minded, and we can, you know, we can meet. We can meet in the middle and just have, you know, have conversation and see each other as like magic, and see each other as, uh, you know, for who we are, not not just uh, the color of our skin. Well, you 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 know that's that's what I love because it's hard for me to get elite men and women. I have to stress what this elite man and woman is about because. They don't get caught up in the propaganda. You like what you like. If you're attracted to certain things, you attract to certain things. If a woman got any form of swag in her, her blood, she's not going to be in an old corny dude. And if a, if a dude has any class and endeavors, he's not going to just make a woman to be his wife. He's going to make a lady to be his wife. It's just, but th there's very few people and it's like that. Very few men. So this is why so much education is so intriguing because People want to swirl. People want to mix. And black men have no problem doing it. I just I just want to know, do outside of the way you and Paulina think, are others willing to go as far as to swirl or mix or be interracial and say, hey, you know, what's up? Like, there's no problem. You know, as you know, y'all coaches are similar. It ain't like, you know, <laughs> if... if 
if she's driving a car two or three o'clock in the morning and cops pull her over, they're not going. They're going to say it's a white woman. They know it's they know it's a Latin woman, and she could also be a, a, a black Latina. She could be Afro Latina, and they they're going to look at you. Yeah, you could be Latino too, but they're going to say black male. You know, light skinned and black male. So with that being said, you know, I think that the intriguing mode of people wanting to date outside their race or outside their culture or out, uh, outside their nationality um, is encouraging when they see couples like this that could do it. This one brother just said he didn't even know they had Latin women in the UK. That's interesting you said that. Yeah, that's real. That's, that's you know. Uh, that's like, a deep one. I didn't think that's a good, that's a good example right there. Shout the keyboard. Yeah, like, um, and just, uh, I think Pablo Freshkebab was asking if I'm Caribbean. I'm, I'm from Ghana, West Africa. Pablo's over here, so I'm sure he knows. Yeah, he said he's a Caribbean. Yeah, he said he's a Caribbean. So he's from Ghana. Ghana. And uh, I, I just found out from your sister, literally, last <laughs> week. I never knew <laughs> all these years. <laughs> but you know what? You know what educated me with that? There was a brother that we met from UK online, and he was he moved to a, a Latin country. I forgot which one. But this dude had this distinctive accent. I'm like, yo, dude, I'm kind of hearing Jamaican accent mixed up with a UK. He's like, no, he's from Jamaica, but he's in, you know, he's in the he's a British man. I said, yo, that's pretty dope. So yeah, again, that's something very, very important. JR 100 says she's bad. And JR 100 got great taste. He's a he's one of my elite brothers. So he ain't one of these little scumbags on this channel. He's one of my legit ones, you know what I'm saying? But shout yeah. out to Papa Escobar, shout out to JR 100. Yeah. Um, oh, they already asked that already with that. So I'm black and I've been dating Mexican woman for 20 years in San Diego. Oh, okay. So it's, it's interesting because San Diego is on, it's a border town. It's on the border of Mexico. So I think there are probably, you know, a majority of Mexican women or there are a bigger prevalence of Mexican women. Whereas here in the UK, I don't think we are as common just because it is a longer a longer way to travel or a longer yes. way to immigrate. I have met a lot of other Latinos and Latinas. And I think maybe part of that is because I am Latina. So it's like, we kind of like all find each other some way. Like one of my really good friends is Peruvian and I've met like, you know, other Mexicans just within just, you know, just going around and, you know, maybe it's dancing, maybe it's a salsa class, maybe yeah. it's somewhere else, but you do meet, uh, a lot more Latin people, I think, that you would expect. Um, and I think people that are here that are Latinos, Latinas, they're very, very proud of their heritage and they're very, uh, you know, they're very proud of where they come from and they want to represent that. But it is definitely less of a prevalence than there would be in California or in San Diego. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. There, there aren't. Or New York. Over, I guess it's that number is increasing, but there aren't like in terms of minorities here. You got obviously the black community, and then you've got like the Asian, the um, the South, South like the South Asian community. So Indians, mm -hmm. Pakistanis, Bangladeshis, like you have those, and I would say, and that's a vast, that's that's like a big number over here, particularly in London. It's a very big number, and so if you're going to see in terms of interracial dating, if you're likely to see, you know, a, a black man um, date, and as you said, you know, um, 
it's more likely to be a black man um, dating um, another race than perhaps a black woman dating another race. But if you'd like to see a black man dating another race over here, um, outside of a white woman, it's probably going to be um, an Asian woman, like a, a, an Indian woman. Wow, damn. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's just down to the numbers. That's just down to the numbers. That there, there, there are so many over here, and um, you, but you're going to have the same, the same, the same questions you were just asking, the same kind of issues. You're going to have that with the parents over here, and I would say that you know from experiences with friends and whatnot that it's going to be just as bad. Like it's going to be there's a lot of conflicts because a lot of the, a lot of the at least my generation they're like British Asians that have come over. That are born here, their parents British, British Asian. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Parents have come over, and they, a lot of them, um, aren't used to being around black people. And you know, even some of them, perhaps like from, because you've got a bigger Indian community in Kenya. Some of them right. maybe come from Kenya. The black people that they are familiar with over there are like maids in their homes in Kenya. You know. And so when, and I've experienced this on a personal level. So when they see you, even though you're in, you're both in a completely different country, they still see you in a, um, in like a subordinate, in a subordinate role kind of thing. You know, they, they, they look at you differently. Still see it like that? Wow. So, so you, you have that, you have that for sure. Even, yeah, man, you, you, you have that a lot with the, um, with the, particularly with the, like, that's this is, and I can also not just from friends. I can speak from a personal experience, particularly right. like if you're, if they date, if like an Indian girl is going to date outside of a race, it's got to be a white dude. It can't be like the black dude is somewhere down the line. But if it's going to be, if it's not going to be Indian, then it's you know, it's going to be, it's going to have to be a white dude. So that's that's kind of where it is, man. You you, you know what you you put that. You put that in a great way, man. Cause I'm gonna tell you something. Um, it's kind of sad. I, I think with black people, we are so open to being accepted because whether it's in the UK, whether it's the United States, we have such a stigma of being accepted, mm. and the fact that we 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 you know, and I've learned this through with my confidence because once I show a pride for my black woman, my black race, my country, I seem to meet more people that way. So it's the same way if you meet a Latin woman and she's, every Latin woman I've ever encountered love their country, right? It's like they love their country. They they love everything about the culture and, they, and they, they're strong about it. Even if they're living in America, they're very deep into their culture and they, they 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 embrace it. A lot of blacks, we don't embrace our culture a lot. So it's we I think we're so busy trying to prove to others to be accepted that we don't even embrace our own culture, other than mm. oh, we 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 know for swag. Like that's our culture, bro. That's just style. Like, you know, I don't want to be known as swag. I want to be able to know about listen, I'm a proud African American man. I've been to the motherland. So in most cases, you know, for example, in regards to Paulina, she's Mexican. She's able to embrace her her country regardless of what went on or what doesn't go on or, and, and, and kill any type of them things that you know negatively as far as whatever. We, on the other hand, a lot of us don't really know 
our culture, but yet we'll run to a Latin country and we want to be accepted because we speak Spanish. That shit is whack. So I've learned that if a Latin woman on the outside sees a black man that's engaging to her because he just loves everything about her features or her, her culture, she may not even know, she may know more about his culture than him. Because, mm. yeah, in most cases, she may know more about his culture, whether she listens to his music, she dresses a certain way. Um, not even a European look, because if people are thinking that Kim Kardashian is giving off a European look, she's and you and you're you're a black woman, you're gonna beg to differ because she has attributes of a black woman when in the United States is considered European. Here it's no, if you put that on a sister in a hairstyle, that's some black shit. You put that ass on a woman, that's some black shit. You wear them heels, you listening to this music, you driving that type of car, that's some black shit. A lot of black women don't claim that. So now the, the, the credibility will go to a entire different country. Okay. So it's almost like here, we, we, don't, we, we represent our city as New Yorkers, but even that's diminishing because now people are losing whatever was created in the 70s and 80s and 90s. So now you have, I'll give an example. Let's just say Instagram. A woman takes a picture. She puts that stupid foot up with the little arch with her slides, right? And a lot of women don't know that slides started from football players. You know, it's it, the, the, the slippers on her foot are a guy slipper, but mm. it became a sexy thing because she has on gym shorts. Right, okay, she has on booty gym shorts from the 1970s. Those are retro. So now she has a top on and now she has her hair done in a retro 80s way and nobody's hashtagging that. It's just a girl thing for 2020. See what I mean? So it, 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 people get lost. The same thing with a man. If a woman's, I mean, excuse me, if a woman's wearing Jordans on her feet, it's like, okay, you have Jordan 1s on your feet. It called Jordan 1s because that was the first generation of Jordans that came out of 1985, 86. A woman is wearing that. She may think, oh, I'm cute because I got a pair. And I'm like, yeah, but I know the guy that got an original pair. And them shits were basketball sneakers for yeah. the court where we were in school. I swear to you, it was supposed to make you. I'm not telling ages here, but no lie. When Jordans came out, yeah. the name of the goal was it made you fly. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember, man. Yeah, yeah. Remember, remember that? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Air Jordan was supposed to make you go up high. So Reebok Pump and all these different brands were making sneakers to go higher in the sky. I couldn't so afford it. But one of my, one of my school friends had a pair. My parents couldn't afford that. One of, one of my school friends had a pair, and I'm like, this guy's got the Jordans. <laughs> Jordans. If you had Air Jordans in school, the first you generation, you were the man. man. So now, women wear Jordans, do a damn good job at it, but now it's like, okay, where did it come from? Mm. It's, a, it's something that started from the basketball court in school and then it became a fashion and then 30 plus years later that's what it is so i feel that we're so busy creating and not bragging about or or letting it be known of the culture we started you know yeah. if a latin woman knows hey i could cook those toast stone it's better and that's her shit you know but a sister may be like well i could fry chicken but that may be a little cliche and negative on her saying that because she don't want to be known as a fried chicken person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. the reality is they're still frying their foods, the same shit. So 
I think black people are are blind to this reason because they're so they're so lost in their culture because they create so much and they don't get the credit. So everybody's running, taking the credit. If a woman's coming to me looking at it and say, oh, I got more Jordans than you, I'm like, are you fucking joking me? Like, I got over 250 pairs of sneakers that I've I've had for nearly 20 plus years. So like, you'll never have more than that because yeah. I had this shit when it was created and you know, in the, in the 90s, yeah. 80s. So I think a lot of it happens where when we step out and we're meeting Latin women, the Latin women are are embracing our culture for who we are. Whether they into if she if she's into a lit type of dude, she's gonna be into a certain type of black guy, right? He may not know where none of that shit came from. Whether it came from the eighties, whether it came from the seventies, he's just gonna do it because it's whatever. But she's gonna know her culture on top of that culture. She's mm. still gonna represent her Mexican culture in California. She's still gonna mm. represent her Mexican culture in New York. We, on the other hand, we go out there to Dominican Republic and it's like, hey, hola, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, English is the most popular language in the world. It's the number one language. So, you know, I think I think that's a lot of issues with us because we just want to be accepted. It's like, oh, our parents love me. You know, not saying just you, but our parents, I'm like, all right, well, if you bring a Latin woman to a black family, and 99% of the time, they don't really care. It's just like, it's you happy with her? We don't, they don't give a fuck which she is. She could be a stripper. As a, they don't, they don't be, oh, you're going to have some pretty babies, right? They'll, but the, 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 the Mexican so be different. It's like, they may yeah. be like, well, y'all may have some pretty babies, but if the father's not feeling you, he see that grandson, he'll fill them in. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's just a lot that I feel that we just don't... Um, we don't take approval the advantage of, and I wanted to know, like in, in regards to you guys both, whether you're in America or whether you're in the UK, are you aware that there's a mode of jealous racism out here? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But you know what I was gonna say, right? Um, I'm just seeing your man Pablo Fresco by the Asians will stick with themselves, and there's a case of honor killings for women that date. Yeah, that, that's very true. I don't know how frequently that happens in America, man, but. That definitely happens over here, but partic particularly with the uh, Pakistanis, like the, the, the Muslim Pakistanis, uh, Bangladeshi um, Muslims as well. Um, yeah, that happens. Ghana, and he says, yeah. So I'll just answer that question real quick. So yeah, I was actually in Ghana just um, over Christmas and she was gonna come, but she had to go back and visit her family. Um, in San Francisco, of course. So, yeah. So that never happened, but that will happen soon. <laughs> that's a real. That's a real traveler right there. My man said, "I just was in Ghana at Christmas." <laughs> <laughs> but um, what you're saying about um, the the jealousy there was something else I was going to say, man. You were just talking about um, <laughs> being ex be, be, being ex was it being accepted or was it the mode of a uh, well, I just want to commend you first before you even go any further. I, I will say one thing that I admire about you. You embrace. You see how you embrace your Ghana culture. Mm -hmm. You embrace your country. That's um, what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. This is actually one of my sis. This is one of Danique's designs, by the way. This tea, this. Uh, let me get it for the camera. <laughs> I'm on the wrong way. So this is. Yeah, that's one of these designs. <laughs> Shout out to D. I'm still waiting for my three 
T-shirts that you're supposed to be sending, but right now I'm working on my shit right now. But that shit is dope. That's hot. But what I was gonna say was, yeah, you were talking about, you know, certain brothers not necessarily knowing or, or knowing less about their culture than the than than the women that they date. And I think that, um, at least from my experience over here and my generation specifically, so I can't really speak in the younger generation, but my generation specifically, I'm 39. Um, that it's less prevalent over here because a lot of people in my generation are like British born Africans. So um, first generation British born Africans, our, our parents came over here 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, whatever. And we were born here. And so the customs that our parents had in Africa or in the Caribbean, I've got a lot of Caribbean friends, they brought that over here. Right. And so they, they instilled that in us as we're growing up. Now, our children, you know, we're going to, we're here now, right? So our children are going to, are going to grow up in, you know, Western culture, Western, um, and have some of Western values. But at least my generation, we, our parents, you know, our parents came straight, you know, straight from Africa and they still had that particular type of upbringing, that strict upbringing, you know, certain professions they wanted you to get into, um, curfew, studying, all, all, that good, all that good stuff that we find annoying, but it's, but it's beneficial for us later on in life. So um, we, yes, yeah, so as I was saying, like basically in terms of like embracing our culture and knowing about our culture, I feel like over here, at least with my generation, like it, that knowledge is there. That knowledge is, is there, it's prevalent. Um, now she's a teacher, so um, she is essentially more familiar with the younger generation, so to speak, you know, um, 11 to 18 year olds. And I, I, as I would expect, there is, there is a difference in, you know, perhaps how some of them act because- A big difference. Yeah, because, because their parents were born and raised here and their parents, um, you know, necessarily don't have that same upbringing, you know, that we had. You know, and I think it has to do with that, like that distance that you have from being like me. I'm I'm an immigrant like I immigrated myself. You know, Victor's a first generation immigrant. His parents immigrated. And I think uh, in America, you have people that, you know, they've been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. So they don't have as big or strong as a connection to their culture because they're so further removed, whether yeah. they immigrated by force or they immigrated by will. I think it's always, I, I think that has a lot to do with it. Like mm -hmm. me, I, I remember I remember Mexico City. I grew up there, I went to school there. So, you know, I'm very proud of my culture and I hope to instill that, you know, on, on our children. So right. it, I think it just has to do with that, with first of all, how proud you are of your culture or if you reject your culture, because some people do. And I see that in some of my students that they kind of, you know, they want to be British, first of all, they don't care about anything else. And that's, to me, that's very sad. To me, like, there's there's a disconnect there. Well, it, it, you know what? I, I commend you for being educated and aware of knowing all of these things, because these are the things that's actually very important to know, because, you know, to break the barriers, you have to become a trendsetter. That's the key. Like, you can't be you can't break the barriers by following a whole bunch of other shit. You gotta 
be able to create the trend of being creative. And 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 with that being said, I mean, would you would you guys uh is it will others be more encouraged by seeing such a great, powerful couple down the line in the future? Is the goal like, yo, listen, we're going to be the hottest shit in the world? You know, you got to have that attitude. And I, I, I think that what happens is there's so much of a, especially here, we have we we hate each other. Don't even know why. Like it's like, what did I do to you? Like I don't know. I just don't like you because you don't like me. So we have, the, we have the head too, man. You do same shit. Yeah, we have there too. Your man Pablo Escobar can 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 tell you that. Fresh Escobar. Fresh Escobar. Wow. He'll wow. tell you that. Yeah. So he, he he would know that. I, I, listen, this Jessica says honestly, I really don't think other races of men are jealous because they value their own bloodline and poetry. Uh, every race would smash somebody, but Dalai himself is a no no. Well, um, I hate to tell you this, darling, but I am a black man. I'm going to tell you right now. We are the least racist because we could care if your ass lived in a moon. We don't care. We don't care if you're barefooted. If you're gorgeous and pretty, that's it. Like, and I don't think that's a bad thing because the reality is that it should be more deeper because women's are more internal. But a man doesn't need much to be happy with a woman as long as she just maintains the simplicity or the simple things we want. She'll she's good. She'll have nothing to worry about. Um, I think when people see couples such as you. Uh, such as you and Paulina, it becomes a, I want people to be encouraged. So for example, the black male, are they going to be encouraged that, is this a thing that, well, if I, he got a Latin woman, I could get one too. Or is it going to be an encouragement to Paulina where she can encourage people? Hey, you know, if you want to meet a Mexican woman, you move to San Diego, the shit's right there. You know, are, are they going to get the wrong impression? Or is it like beyond all that looking for, your Latina woman, just be encouraged that love is blind. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. The way at least we feel, it doesn't really matter. And even if the if, if if some of your culture doesn't allow certain things because there's certain little racial things that may go on, if you believe in it, you, you're just going to create your own thing. So um, had, there's a thing which I don't understand. I want to ask Pauline is this. Can a Mexican be racist of black people and why? Um, yeah, and I think I think a lot of that comes from ignorance. I think anybody can hold uh, racist views or hatred towards somebody else or another race. And I, so I'm a teacher and I used to be, I used to be a teacher in California before moving here. And one of the things that I embedded in my curriculum as a teacher, I was an English teacher, was about the Black Lives Matter movement. And I thought it was very important for my students to understand about where it came from, what it means, like what are people trying to understand. And so my classes were maybe about half percent Latinx and um, you know, there was some white kids, black kids, like it was very, it was very mixed. And so a lot of what I saw is the kids that were like, wait, why are we learning about this? Like, why does this matter? Like, I could see, you know, where is this coming from? And a lot of right. it was coming from their family, their family, their parents, their grandparents, and just kind of like generations of ignorance and of like, you know, you're different. We don't understand that. So we don't like you. And there's not really, I, I think... For me, it's ignorance. For me, that's the main thing that I see. And I right. even had 
some pushback from parents that would be like, why are you teaching my child this? <laughs> and right. to me, wow, really? This is what they need to learn. Like, this is important. This is current. We need to, you know, we need to teach kids. We need to enlighten them. We need to, you know, have them be knowledgeable, uh, informed young people so they can grow up to be knowledgeable, informed adults. And uh, I saw that coming from, you know, from white kids, from Mexican kids sometimes, but if I was successful, then by the end of my unit of teaching, they would change their minds. So they would see things in a different way. And it was teaching the different layers of it. Like, where does it come from? Where does the oppression come from? Uh, teaching them about mass incarceration, teaching them about like, you know, Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, mm. Colin Kaepernick, like, you know, all of these different things. So uh, for me, it comes from ignorance and, the only cure for that is to educate people in a different way, to teach them history in a different way, to teach them literature in a different way, and to broaden and enlighten their minds. Hmm. I think so. You know, you still there, bro? We had, we had a little technical difficulty. I don't know what no worries, right. um, I, I You see, now that's something that, well, I'm, I don't even know what to say to that because I believe that that is the key. I feel that as much as we are inquiring about your coaching, look at that. Like, there's a lot of black women that wouldn't even have broke down what you just said. Like, there's black teachers that are of today that wouldn't have even laid down what you just said. Like, showing racial equality, showing that, you know, the history of the men and the people that have paved the way. So even when the kids are like, how is this good? Because we all said that in school, like, how is this history going to benefit us in the future? And that shit will. It will yeah. definitely. So, you know, you have to know where you're coming from to know yet. So that's that's spectacular. What, what made, do you find yourself intrigued by black culture as well? Um, I do, I do, and I think it's, I see a lot of similarities with my own culture, and I see a lot of, you know, bridges that can be connected with, sorry. Sorry, let me go to dog in this traffic. <laughs> I think, uh, I, see a lot, I see a lot of similarities. I, one of my favorite authors is a Nigerian author, her name's Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, and reading her books and reading about her experience being a Nigerian immigrant to America, I could relate so much to her experiences and I kind of saw my own, that kind of like conflict of identity. So for me, it's important to, to learn about it, to learn about other cultures, to teach my culture to other people, you know, to keep everybody informed and enlightened and, uh, let them know it's just not about narcos yeah. and breaking bad. Absolutely. Like, let them know, like, you know, these stereotypes, they don't hold true. Like, not all Mexicans are in a cartel. Uh, not all Mexicans are drug dealers. <laughs> really, really good, hardworking people, my family included. But, but when they are, they make really good movies. Well, they make the best movies <laughs> in the, on the earth. <laughs> but see, for me, that's so dangerous because for me, I would have some of my students saying, oh, miss, have you seen La Reina del Sur? 
Have you seen Narcos? Queen of Queen of Queen of the South. South. Have you seen all of these different things? And I'm like, you're from El, El, El Chapo. Yeah, El Chapo. yeah. I'm like, why are you watching that? And they idolize it, and they think, wow, like this person has this much money, or this woman has, you know, all these clothes because she married a a drug dealer because she married somebody from the cartel. And for me, that's so dangerous. Like, yeah. I don't want kids to aspire for those things. Yeah. Like, for us, to see it as entertainment is one thing. But for kids, for 14, 15-year-olds to see it and to be like, yes, this is aspirational. I want the nice car, so I'm going to join a cartel. I think that's horrible. I, I think that's where, going back to what you were saying, I think that's where education comes in. Because I used to watch that as a kid. You know, I used to watch, like, some of the music I would listen to some of the films I would watch, um, it could be about, you know, the, the Yakuza in Japan. Like, I was big into, like, my my, my martial arts movies as a kid. Um, right. and that was big I, with us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it comes down to, you know, the education, um, because I don't think in isolation that's necessarily bad because it's entertainment. Like, The Sopranos is entertainment. For adults. I think as kids as well, because I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that you are in Sunakas. Pablo, he's keeping it real, man. He's keeping it real. So I'm pretty sure as as, as a youth, you would watch and listen to things that you, you weren't going to do or no, mu mu music. We've been music, music. yes, yes, exactly. But shows, no. It's entertainment. It's entertainment. And so, but you you were more balanced enough, more rounded enough yeah. to say, okay, this is entertainment. This isn't real life. I'll take from it one, I need to take from it. And then, yeah. you know, I'll throw the rest away. So I think in isolation, I don't think it's a bad thing in isolation. Right. I I, I, I do like the fact that, um, you know, it shows how much as disconnected we could appear, everybody's still intrigued by other coaches, even if it's good or bad. Like, mm -hmm. like granted, you, you look at the narco situation and the cartel, but in New York, you had the, 80s, 90s, early things with Rich Porter and Alpo and the drug black drug dealers in Harlem. And then you had the old school Harlem gangsters in the 40s. Uh, then you got the Italian gangsters here. You got the Colombian gangsters down there and well as Miami. So mm. even if there's, unfortunately, even if there's something negative that we are intrigued by, it does start from a very wild place. It's like yeah. we wouldn't yeah. have known what Miami was if we didn't watch yeah, Scarface was the movie, and so now we see Miami. It's always going to be related to. I could watch the movie over and over and again, but then there's also some other things where we could see, you know, um, certain movies or certain things that a certain actor just couldn't get away from because that's what he he marked. So it's almost like. We have sometimes the wrong impressions, but for the but it still does the right thing in a, in the long run. Like we admire, we don't want to go out to the cartel see it, but we. My impression of Mexico is a lot different. what it is exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been out there several times to see that and say, "Wow, I'm intrigued when I see people living modestly." And 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 people are you know your women are walking with things on top of their heads and and it's not necessarily a hat you know so when when you see all of when you see all of that it becomes uh, intriguing a mode when granted let's just say example if Paulina is taking a picture 
or she's putting on makeup or fixing her hair, there has to be somebody that inspired her or something that inspired her that they don't even realize they did it. It's like you you may identify from one woman or, or one culture per se and may like the way that they put on eyeshadow or the way they may put their, their, wear their shoes, the way they may wear their clothes. It, it, your style is going to be representing something. European mm -hmm. style for a European suit. I remember years ago, dudes were like, oh, hell no, I'm not wearing no European cut suit. But that's the biggest shit in the world right now. The way your pants, European style, your t-shirts, you ever see? Vic was doing that shit since I've met him. I've never seen him in no baggy shit. Personally. Well, that's the funny thing. Because I've been coming to New York for a while, I actually saw that transition. That's the funny thing. I actually saw the transition of like the super baggy clothes down to like, uh, we want the seven jeans, the seven jeans, you know, where it's a bit more fitted. And and now it's like you know as you say like pure European cut, and it's it's been funny, it's been funny to watch that because um, I love New York so much and um, I love hip hop so much, and I actually kind of saw that transition and I'm like as you just said like we we would, we've been doing that, but to see it kind of happen in New York as well like in America as well it's it's been it's been kind of cool you know it's been kind of cool to witness that. Well, it, it's great. Do you? Do you? Because I remember in the in the eighties, dudes were wearing European cut style jeans and polos tops, and then we got caught up in this crisscross era that just got outrageous. Some dudes still got caught up with it because now you're wearing European cut pants with your your ass hanging out. So it's kind of like there's just certain certain things. But a lot of people understand here in America, jails create a lot of culture. Trends, yeah. That's right. With trends, they create the the sling. They have to have the sling in the prisons. In addition to where does the, where does the actual styles come from? Celebrities get the credit these days, but all of the styles from the from from hip hop come from the streets. So that's yeah. why the streets are put on the, the pedestal so much because hustlers and drug dealers back in the day were the ones that were creating the trends. And that's why I said, um, you too. You need to look at yourself the way I'm seeing it as, yo, this is a trend set. This is something that's showing people that you can do things with a twist and actually be appreciative. They said with the educational job trope problem, she said she already was a teacher. Yeah, uh, I'm, an I, yeah I'm an, I'm an IT, IT consultant, so I work uh, IT, IT, FinTech, IT finance. And she's a teacher already, fellas, so... Ladies and gentlemen, listen, we can't take too much of the time because it is. Tell me what time it is over there just so they know what's going on. It is 11.34 p.m. P.m. All right. See, because in a minute, Paulina go over there. <laughs> 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 so what we want to do, um, we want to have you guys back at least uh, often, but not overkill, meaning often enough where you guys are going to be because this endless information and I feel that a lot of people, well, you're gonna, we're gonna create a fan base here. So that's clearly what we're doing here. Um, I'll do my part, you do your part. And that's just the reality. And I think that a lot of people need to, um, if there's any questions you guys have, you can hit me on my email, you can hit me on my, my website. But um, what would you guys like to encourage in this world to people that, dealing with everything that we're dealing with life, just generally with the whole pandemic, the situation with racial equality, depression, stress, 
I mean, you know, you can look at you guys and see, like, do you guys go through the de depression? Depression. I know Victor went through something where he didn't have a shit cut in like four or three months. Of that. <laughs> I see that. That's it. I got that straightened up, though, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yo, he, he sent me a video. I said, who the hell is this? I had to rewind this shit. I, was, I didn't even recognize him. So That's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, just give me some time. I'm going to twist it up. But I know Vic, he about his words. So I think he was going to come through. Oh, wow, this is my sister. My sister just said, they are cute. So that this this is my sister. Kim. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> She'll Let, she'll be back here as well. She's she's very much like your sister. They're very uh, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> lovely. They're very lovely. Must be very yeah. lovely. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's and, and see, this is the thing that I show Paulina with class here, and I and I really appreciate you um doing this because I really want to encourage more people to be into what attracts them. You know, if you're attracted to a man, it happens to be from Saturn. So what, like? That's what you're attracted to. That's what you're attracted to. You know, embrace that. Don't let these thin perimeters destroy you. So, what do y'all? What would y'all say in regards to all that to give your final words before we bow out? I would say, man, like, um, so when I first met her, I had no idea where she was from. To be honest, I had no idea. I just saw a beautiful woman, and I'm like. Can you tell the story? <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell the story. Because we went up, before you tell the story, I want y'all to know that there is a story where, man, you don't have to work hard with being online. Like sometimes it's just best to do the real old school way of meeting somebody in person. I talk about this shit every day. And you know what? Paulina and Victor is going to confirm this. Tell them mm. the story. What I say real quick is that. For those who aren't familiar with Daniel, um, who are new to the channel, new to the everything he's saying is facts. Like uh, AskNathaniel.com, he's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy. He's the guy. <laughs> so, um, man, it was uh, like I went into, was walking um, to my car with a friend, um, and we were like uh, coming back from a bar. Going to the car and uh, my friend's like, I want to get some food. And so we went into like a little fast food joint. And when I went in there, like across the counter, all the way to the other side of the counter, I could, <laughs> I could see uh, a beautiful lady looking up at the uh, menu, right? She's looking up at the menu. It was actually hilarious. Like, uh, she was like- I was uh, focused. She's super focused, like ordering, ordering. And I'm like, um, I saw her. And I'm like, okay, I look back at, you know, the, the guy in front of me um, and I was just literally going to get like a bag of um, chips, I guess you call them, fries. fries. Yeah, fries. That, that was it. Like fries, a bottle of water, I'm good. And it's about Sora. I look back at this dude, I made my order and I'm like, cool. So, you know, you know, you know how we do, right? I'm like, all right, let me, I'm going to think of something to say, right? <laughs> So bang, I made order, and then literally I look back and she's not there. Like she disappeared. I'm like shit. And the, the, the entrance is on this side, and so that means she has to pass me. So I look back, and literally I turned and she's like right here. Like she's literally right next to me, and she's walking out right. And I'm like, so I literally I like, 
I stopped her. I'm like, I said, wait. I said, I said, sorry. I know this is. <laughs> And I had just taken a bite of my food. She's got a mouthful of food, man. No, like, she couldn't look at me, right? So she, she's looking up. She couldn't look at me, right? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like one second. Sorry, I think you're really beautiful. I said, um, uh, I'd love to speak to you more. So if you like, just you know, wait outside. I'll be out in this. I'll, I'll be out in a minute. And we can talk. And she's trying not to laugh. She's got a mouthful of food. She's looking up and she just she just leaves, right? So I, I, have, no, I have no idea if she's gonna still be there, kind of thing. Right? I have no idea. But I get my food, my friend comes in, and I say to my friend, Oh, he doesn't order anything. And I say to my friend, by the way, when we go outside, I, I'm pro I may have to leave you for a minute, right? Because there was a girl I just spoke to. I'm hoping I'm hoping she's still outside. We went outside and sure enough, she was there. She was with her um, friend. She's with her friend. And so I just went over and we started talking. And, and yeah, we were talking for like almost an hour, just talking, talking, talking. And, and like I say, um, it was interesting because in that very first conversation. And I saw his French fries. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. She, she, had, she, had, she, she had like the bag. She held herself. I like that. In that I was like, oh, what do you have? My food's not good. In that conversation, I'm like, you don't need to be eating that stuff. Like, that's, that's, nah, you don't need to be eating that stuff. She's eating my fries. I'm oh, like, shit. Yeah. But then in that conversation, we actually, st we, we started, we were talking about like cultures. And she, and she said that night, like, in fact, her friend said, that she was, so her friend's white, her friend was white that she was with that night. And her friend was like, it's surprising how many people are so racist because um, tonight so many people came up to her and said, oh, like Breaking Bad, like, are you in the cartel? Do you have any drugs? Do you have any drugs? Are you a drug dealer? Yeah. yeah crazy, crazy. So, I'm like, what? Me? <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so we're, we're literally having this conversation. Like, yeah. So we just touched on serious? Crazy. So we're just um, touching on this conversation, like different things, different things, and then, and that was basically it, man. That's how we met, and you know, we exchanged information, and um, you know, our first date. She obviously she she turned up late. She said it's it's Latina time, <laughs> but yeah, man, it was it's all good. It's all good. So that, I was getting ready. I was worth the wait. <laughs> she says Latina time. I love the confidence, boy. I love the confidence. Oh, I was like, sorry, I'm late. It's Latina time. I'm sorry. I love it. <laughs> was this was this with with this impression? Um, I just want to say I encourage a lot of men to meet women in person. You know, fuck the internet. There's just too much of assortments out here to do that. Um, what what was about his was his what made him seal the deal to you? Like what really just did it? Was it the persistence? Was it the masculinity? Was it the was it the smile? Was it the voice? Was it the accent? What or was it just the character? Um, to be honest, it was his kindness. I could tell right away that he was a very, very kind person, a very passionate person. Like the way that he spoke to me about different things, he does it very passionately and still does. Um He's just a very knowledgeable person. And I, yeah, I was just, I was very intrigued. I think 
I think after maybe our fourth or fifth date, <laughs> then we both knew that we really liked each other. So it was very much a process of like getting to know each other, um, you know, just having like really like the uncomfortable conversations that you're not supposed to have about like race, uh, religion, money, <laughs> all those things. Like we had all those conversations. And I think uh, we still do, like we still talk about uncomfortable things together. And that's, I think that's very important to have somebody that you feel comfortable enough 100%, yeah, yeah. to talk and to communicate and to have that, uh, that constant knowledge, that constant, like, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And so we're constantly teaching each other things and we know we don't always agree, but we, try to respect each other's opinions and we try to see, okay, well, you know, he thinks this because of where he's coming from, his point of view, his background. As long as we can understand each other. Yeah. yeah. So as long as she can understand like why I'm thinking a certain way and I can understand why she's seeing things a certain way. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty much it. Man. Well, what, what, like, like what wouldn't you guys agree about? I couldn't even imagine y'all going through a debate of. You'll be surprised. <laughs> You'll be surprised. <laughs> really? Wow. That's great. So I, I, <laughs> but I think it's because we both have very like, strong, opinionated personalities. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So okay. I think, you know, I, I think that's that's what it is. Like, neither of us is like a pushover. Neither of us is like, you know what, you can have it your way. Mm. Um. So, yeah. So when we do butt heads, it's you know, because we have conflicting points of view and then we, we talk it out. Yeah, and I think, yeah, as I say, man, as long as she can see where I'm coming from and I can see where she's coming from, then, you know, if we agree to disagree, that's cool. But if, if the other person can't see it, at least in my, in, in my, in my uh, experience with it, if the other person can't see it, then there's always going to be a problem because, you know, we, we just, we're not understanding each other. So that that's that's all it is, man. Well, well, do you do y'all go to debates like who loves each other the most? Like, I love you more. Shit, I love you more. You know, that's smooth, man. That's smooth. That's smooth. Yep, that's our biggest debate. <laughs> now the thing is, who who's the who's the who's more of the 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 softy and the the romantic person? Who's the who's the mushy person? Really interesting. Okay. Okay. You see, I'm very, I'm very emotional and passionate, and I think maybe that's for my heritage. It's true. <laughs> I have lots of emotions, and I'm always, I'm never afraid to show them, whether they're like, you know, happy, sad, angry, and I think he can like read them like in my face as well, like he knows. Oh she's upset or she's uh sad or disappointed or she's happy about this yeah that's true yeah, yeah. Well, see well it, it's it's well that, that the thing is uh i know victor is a romantic dude in his way as well so like what what is the ultimate way what what is he romantic with you know is he more the flower guy is he the guy that like will put your bath water in and cut the little petals and shit like what's his thing <laughs> <laughs> We want to know um, his. We want to know his song side. <laughs> has he ever cried to you? Has he ever cried to you because he ran a beautiful car and he started just like, "Oh my God, I love you." You know, did he, did he just tear? Did you ever see him? You know, like get emotional with you because he loved you so much. 
So yes, yeah, absolutely. So for example, uh, Victor doesn't, he grew up not celebrating his birthday. Mm, and yeah. I've always celebrated oh. my birthday. What? I didn't know that, Brit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I grew up. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Mm. I, I grew up not celebrating. Um, yeah, birthdays, Christmas, and whatnot. Like religious background. So yeah, I never. Oh, okay. Up, yeah, growing up, that's what it was. Yeah. And right. I, I do. And uh, for my birthday, my birthday was on June first, like right in the middle of the quarantine and the pandemic. Right. And right. He, he like decorated the the our our apartment. He decorated our flat, and uh, he got me a cake. And he we had like a little dance party together. And he wrote me a really sweet card. So he does. He is romantic, uh, and he does show it like in his way. Like sometimes he'll surprise me. Uh, like for example, <laughs> we just had uh, yeah, we just had a, a nice little trip to to the south of France. So that Damn. was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> you see, well, your brothers he just stepped your game up, man. He, he, he ain't sitting here traveling to say he going exclusive shit. Shit that y'all never. <laughs> he just took you. Y'all just went where? We we went to the south of France. So we were in the French Riviera. Yeah, so Nick we sit in like a day a day in Monaco. Um, you know, I mean, as you know, and everyone watching as well, man, it's fucking pandemic has been so crazy. It's been, you know, it's, it's been, we needed that break. And things here are much different than they are in America. Like things here yeah. are more controlled. There's like air bridges, places that you can travel to safely. Yeah. And you don't, have, you don't have to quarantine. And you don't have to back. quarantine. So it's not like we, you know, just packed our bags and we're like, you know, let's just go. No, like we did right, everything right. quite safely. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. You don't want to let people know that y'all just like left and like, oh, fuck you, I'm gonna corrupt everybody. Nah. There's a lot of us leave for that reason. I just want to give a special shout out real quick. We got a lot of comments coming up here. But ladies and gentlemen, they're going to be leaving very soon, like like ASAP. Um, shout out to Letterbox. I appreciate that donation, man. We really appreciate you. Um, I think the biggest thing that we need to... Um, no, I think that this is enough. I think that more people um, would love to be inspired because people are inspired by couples because people that are single that want to be in relationship, they would like to know. So, you know, my sister just asked this question. She says, it's beautiful, but things have gotten hard meeting people during this pandemic. People's places are closed, face covered in masks. You guys obviously let them know that you didn't just meet three months ago. You met how long ago? Yeah, we met. We met like over four years now, man. Almost five. Right. Yeah. Right. So your love is pan pandemic proof. Your love <laughs> is pandemic proof. You 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 survived. It's been tested. It's been tested. Um, but you know what? I have I have friends well, who who have been dating like during the pandemic and who've been going on like you know walks in the park together or like you know just meeting outside for you know you bring your drink I bring my drink and let's go sit somewhere. So I think I think there there is a way, and I would Fa also FaceTime, and I've seen you know people yeah, face having timing. a FaceTime initially, and then building up to maybe meeting as you're saying in the park later on. I've got friends that've been doing that as well. Yeah, and I would say like pandemic or not, just always know your worth, and you know try to find somebody who's going to value you and respect you, respect your beliefs, your background. I think that's the most important thing. Um, 
like I said before, I really don't believe in, oh, I have this type and I only date, you know, this type of person. I think that whoever you date, it should be somebody who respects you. So yeah. that's, the, that's the bottom line. And, and, and the thing is, y'all mentioned, which was great, uh, your love was tested through the pandemic because a lot of people didn't, a lot of people wasn't too fortunate to survive that, man. A lot of couples out here, unfortunately, a lot of people I know took a, this shit took a dive. Yeah, me too, man. I, I, know, I know a few people in that situation as well, man, for real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also think it, it's an unnatural situation, you know, where you're seeing someone 24-7. Like, you can't, when we were quarantined, like, when we were on lockdown, you couldn't even really step out. And I think that's that's difficult for some people who are more sociable. You know, they're used to seeing people. They're used to going, working out. They're used to, you know, just having that outdoor time. But instead, everything is just like um, compressed and, um, you know, a little argument can become a big thing. And I was actually quite surprised in that, you know, um, it wasn't until like three months in before, like we really started to feel it. Um, but yeah, you know. Yeah. And it was, again, it was because we, we were experiencing things in a different way. Like I missing my family in California was kind of like, you know, clinging on here. Wow, I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> but at the same time, but... at, at the same time, I, I'm, I, I like my space, you know, I like my space. Yeah. I obviously like to be around it, but at the same time, in general, I like my space. I, I was used to, you know, going out, working out, um, just having some alone time. And right. so not only was there no alone time, but you know, as she's saying, and understandably so, her family's in, in America. So she's missing the family as well. And right, that's right. Yeah, so. Yeah, so we were experiencing things differently, whereas like, you know, and then we had to have that kind of conversation where he was like, you know what, I need, I need some space. And I was like, okay, no worries. Like, I'll go work in another room. <laughs> like, well, you know, wow. Yeah, well, so it's, it's that, it has to be that communication and it's not always easy and it's not right. always, you know, yeah, but it's healthy. It's, it's healthy. healthy. Yeah. It's, it's best for the long run. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people had this thing, and I want to mention this because you guys are a couple, so I can bring it up to you. But a lot of people just feel as if, like, oh, you know, they're, uh, they has, uh, you know, we'll be home for the three months. We'll just be having sex every day. For one, I wouldn't even. People were asking me, did I recommend any activity whatsoever, any lovemaking, anything of sort? with the pandemic, with any future pandemics, God forbid, because of, obviously, the reason of, you know, the COVID. Is that something that you feel should have took more place? If there was more lovemaking, how could that be said? You can't really do a lot of things if you're, God forbid, you don't want to harm or kill anybody. So, you know what I mean? You know, if, would you recommend the mode of being together naturally would have been a great thing? Or is it more pressure because you have limitations, or you know, what's your whole ideology of that? I think I think it was um, it was cool in that uh, there were certain stressful aspects of our everyday lives that were taken away. So, although of course the COVID pandemic is is a terrible thing, you know, a lot of people have been um, become sick. A lot of people have died over it. There, there actually have been some positives um, out of it at, at the same time. Um, so whether that will be the stresses of work, 
you know, all of us are working from home now, whether that would be um, some interactions with people that we no longer um, have to deal with. Um, it could even be down to commuting, man, like literally down to commuting and, and the stressful. And I don't want to trivialize the, the pandemic. It's a very serious thing. Um, and at the same time, there have been some positive things that have come out of it. And so um, we would definitely, and we are grateful for that. And then it's like, okay, well, um, spending, and, and we're able to spend more time together. But again, yeah. like I was saying, like, um, then it has to be a balance. You know, it's great we can spend more time together, we can do more together, but then there has to be a balance. So we still have, you know, the time together and we have our alone time as well. You know, if we want to just think, we want to, you know, speak to family, friends, that, you know, that, that balance was important. Yeah, and I think we were very fortunate because, like, we both still had our jobs and we were both able to, like, work from home. So I think, honestly, it would be harder if one of us had, like, you know, lost our jobs or if we didn't have a way to buy food. Okay. So right. we were very fortunate. And then we were both able to to stay healthy, to, um, yeah, we were able to stay healthy, to find things to do together, to stay healthy. Like we both started working out together, which we like hadn't done before. Yeah, good, good, so, yeah. Like we good. found okay, like this is something that we can do together to, you know. Previously, to previously we'll go to the gym and she, she goes off and does her thing. Well, there's other or exactly so there's other alternatives to maintain safety. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And for sure, man, we've been you know outside of staying healthy, like supplementation, just trying to take the best care of ourselves, man. Eating right. Yeah. Cooking um, together. Yeah, we, we've been we've been trying to um, yeah, we've been trying to be in the best possible. Uh, physical state and this is a good opportunity to do it as well this is good you're able to get more sleep because you don't have to get up yeah. at like 6 a.m to you know go to school or you know commute to the city and work so we've definitely been trying to um keep some kind of discipline and take right. you know keep the advantages that there are and that's what it is well it it, it it is a true test that's <laughs> You can't. I, I think that's the thing too. A lot of us had to adjust to not going to the gym anymore. That's the. That's a little. You know. That's that was some depression. Depression right there. Then mm -hmm. accepting that. Then of course we don't. I don't go to the gym with my women. So now it's like you're gonna let's try something new. You let's go together. We don't gotta be up each other's ass in the gym because that's the time when I, unless I'm being your trainer. But this is the time where I kind of like relieve my mind and stress. So then you were able to incorporate that. Um, I think what you guys, it, it, they said you stand the test through time. So the fact that you learned that, did that make you guys right where you're at today? It made you guys closer. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you ask your last couple of questions. Yeah. Not, what, what, what would be, your, what would be your, 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 your end of that and letting be known that are you thankful for the quarantine? I mean... Like I said, man, I, I, I'll be real in that. It's a sad, obviously, it's a sad situation. And I will say that I, I think that more is going on that we've been told. Um, you know, people are, people are definitely getting sick. People are dying. I think there's, there's too much different behaviours by different countries in America, by different states. I think there's more happening than, than we actually have been told. Um, and at the same time, because of some of these restrictions that have been imposed upon us, 
Um, we've just been trying to take advantage. We've, we've, we've looked for the silver linings. We've looked for the silver linings. Mm-hmm. And we've been, we've been, we're thankful that we've been able to at least, um, you know, capitalize on those. Yeah, and I think that's what you have to do. You have to make the best out of a difficult situation. Like, uh, I think we both try to, like, you know, keep in contact with our families. Like, his family here in London is in isolation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's not able to see them even though they're here. My family is in California and like my dad has been in isolation as well. So it has been like very difficult for us in that way that, you know, that feeling of you can't just go and and see family. You can't just go like even to the gym or whatever it is. Um, But at the same time, we are very fortunate that neither of us have been sick and neither of us have, you know, have, like I said, lost our jobs or so we're just grateful and we try to we try to find the positive things try to find things that we can do together to stay healthy and sane and you know um i'm gonna be honest with y'all before i before i let this go i'm not gonna lie man i i I think since the pandemic my interaction is very hard to overcome physically period It, it 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 terrorizes me. It's, there's, there's probably like the little one of my fears that I'm kind of dealing with now. I have an issue with that because um, to get somebody, it's one thing to have an STD, God forbid. I was always terrorized of that shit all my life. Thank God I never had an STD in my life. But to just know that if you could hug your woman and kiss her, and next thing you know, I mean, that shit right there was just, I don't think nobody's really addressing this with their sister. When they suggest, when you quarantine, just want to suggest it. We need to we need to let the people hear this. Mm. What would be your best suggestion to tell couples or singles around the world this? You know, interacting with whatever they're doing. Would you recommend it? And if you do, how could they take precaution for such? Do you do you give a person a thermometer before they come in the house, or do you do you? What, or you just eliminate it, you know? Because I, I I personally won't fuck with it. Well, I, 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 I haven't been, I haven't been sexual to, to say the least. Go people real. I'm gonna let her. I'm gonna let her start because one of okay. her friends, who shall remain nameless, <laughs> was in that same was in that exact situation. So I'm gonna let you. Uh, I, I think you just have to be, just have to be honest. You just have to be like, uh, yeah, you just have to be honest with one another. Just like you wouldn't give somebody, you know, an STD unless you're a psychopath. Like you wouldn't want to give somebody else, you know, COVID-19 or even the flu, right? So, um, so yeah, so I had friends who, who were dating and they would try to do things like outside and they would try to you know, kind of maybe keep the distance or just find things that they could do together without putting one another in danger. But like you said, like, yeah, they said, I remember here at the very beginning, they said, you know, if you're dating somebody and you don't live together, you have to choose. Either you're going to move in right now or you're not going to see each other. And that screwed up a lot of relationships. <laughs> Let me get my charger real quick. My Mac's dying. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I think that was very difficult for a lot of people and maybe a lot of people found out that, you know, maybe this isn't the person that I want to be with. If this isn't the person that I can isolate with, if this is the person that I that I can quarantine with. So I think it was a big test for a lot of people, whether they were 
in a relationship or dating casually or, you know, married, whatever it might be. Right. I think it's wow. a big test. That's that's amazing. So it's understandable if a person, I mean, just hearing that alone, it's like, yeah. is it, should people be ashamed to like, what, what, how, how should they express that? In terms of, what do you mean? How would they express, I feel that the, the pandemic was a test of time. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, there were people that weren't fortunate. Um, would you say your, your people's thing was more solid from going through what they went through now? Or would you say the test would be hard for me to explain this because it's I'll be giving up so much of my information. <laughs> no, I think I think it goes both ways. I think that you know you can you you can go through this with somebody and you know learn a lot about the other person just for, by virtue of being with them for such you know long periods of time. And I think from like hearing about secondhand experiences about people who were dating and meeting new people, you know that was also very interesting because. You know, you can't really go into each other's houses. You can't really, you know, like go out into a club where it's dark and you can't really see what the other person looks like. Like you have to, I think you have to be more honest and more real. Yeah. And I also think worldwide, there's obviously been a, probably a situation where people have been like, fuck it. I'm going to get on Tinder. I'm going to get on whatever it is. <laughs> I know. Whatever happens, happens. I know, bro. I yeah. Yeah, we we both know people who have broken like the rules and have, you know, maybe in a park, maybe in someone's house, but What? <laughs> oh. Yo, yo I, I'm not going to lie. As as open as I am, that's the only punk shit about me. <laughs> that shit right there is just like and it, and it it was messed up the tension even is built cuz now you're back up. It's real, you keep it real, you keep it real. Yeah. I hear you you, you want to tear something to pieces, but you can't even to, to have your to even touch oh, it's shit is this shit is no joke, man. That's why that's why listen, let me tell you, even when she was explaining about the situation about your peoples, I had a couple of assholes I had to block off real quick because I didn't want them to even be part of this live. So I they gotta get out of here. Mm. Always gonna get that, but um that struggle alone is a tough struggle. And like you said, there's some people that have broken the rules. A, listen, OnlyFans have gotten bigger since the pandemic. Um, has exploded. Porn sites have exploded. I bet. More <laughs> women are watching porn than ever. I, I've interviewed more women in the past three months that admitted that. I've never had that much motive women admitting that they watch pornographic film mm. as much as they do now. Because now it's like the pandemic just said, fuck it. Like, Everybody just had to just do whatever they had to do to be entertained, yeah. entertained or yeah, to keep yeah. busy. So, you know, I, I couldn't imagine how two people making love and they got two masks on their face. That shit is just offensive. <laughs> but, but is it? That's <laughs> hilarious. That's hilarious. I hate you, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, I just want to appreciate, we, we appreciate um, very much of Vic and Paulina. I think that we are just going to call this Vic and Paulina. And, uh, <laughs> You know, and I, I would love to have y'all back. Everybody enjoyed the hell out of y'all. Oh, God, I got more questions already. Hold on. 
Yeah. Damn, I tell you, I listen, I told you they gotta leave, man. Y'all asking kind of this my girlfriend, I can't explain, but it's like porn. Okay, yeah. Nathaniel, what are you gonna do alive with the mayor Sasua? I'm gonna do a lot. I just emailed him. I'm ready to do it, bro. I'm ready to do it. We 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 we're gonna turn up, man. I mean, I got a lot of interviews come. We got live interviews every day, but this interview meant a lot to me. This is my bro here, and he got his okay. screen. She's part of us now. You know what I mean? So you fuck with a nigga or punch in your face, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, she good people's man, and um, we yeah. appreciate it. Kim said pandemic isolation is the ultimate relationship test. It's either creates a breakthrough in a relationship or breakup. Um, yeah, it, it does. And I, I know there's a lot of divorce lawyers making a lot of money right now. That's true. Motherfuckers got tired. But you know, one of my boys, he got busted on a live video on um uh, what's the thing called? Um he got busted on a live talking to girl on WhatsApp and he got caught out there and the phone dropped and it was a fucking disaster. Like he got caught, she was smacking him up, and the phone, the girl didn't hear because she's in her, her zone. Wow. And it was a disaster. So yeah. she didn't know he was married and it was just a big disaster. And that shit fucked their marriage up. I think this is definitely if if anybody was cheating on anybody else, I think this is the time when they found out. Yep. Yes. Now would you would you would you recommend before we leave out, which one of y'all are jealous? <laughs> that's a good, that's a good question. That's a very good question, man. Not that, not, not that I picked that up, so it would be shocking to even hear any answer, but I think I think I'm jealous more of like his time than anything else. Like when we're not like during normal times, like he's very busy, I'm very busy, and I get very jealous of like I want to like spend more time with you. And I think that was maybe something that was there from the beginning. Like we used to see each other like once a week. And I was like, no, I want to see you more. And so he made like a big sacrifice to like see me more often than just once a week. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm jealous in that way. Uh, yeah, of your time. I'm jealous of your time. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always good to hit a girl jealous than a guy. Because if the girl's jealous, the guy's strong. If the guy's jealous, he's a weak bastard. So shout out to Vic. Shout out to Vic. That's the correct answer. Because she had said, well, he's jealous. He's always looking through my shit. I'm like, damn, Vic, man. Come on. You fuck me. You're making me look bad. That's sucker <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> um, um, quick, uh, 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 last couple of questions. I'm getting texts with questions. Nobody's putting it up because they don't want to be seen. They want to know if you guys were in a pandemic and somebody had to shave each other, which one would be willing to shave each other if they know that they couldn't go to you know, the proper place to get shaved. So I, I volunteered. I volunteered if he wanted to get a haircut. And he and you saw you saw what I looked like, bro, last week. So that clearly didn't happen. And he, he didn't want one. The only person that's shaving me is my barber. <laughs> that's it. You, 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 know, you, know, you know how we are, Nate, man. We're, uh, we're very uh, loyal. We're very loyal when it yeah. comes to barbershops, man. So you can't just let anybody... Anybody, you know, touch our hair or facial hair now. <laughs> you know, I appreciate the gesture, but yeah, it, it had to be my body. Had to be my body. Um, would you be willing to do each other's feet? I mean, well, I, I should have asked her question her hair. I didn't mean shave like private parts and shit. Mm -hmm. we're, we're talking about, we're talking about shit that the barber and the hairdresser could only yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Somebody was like, 
my, my friend's on there. She's texting and she's like, what are you asking the person? I said, no, I'm talking about hair. Like, cut his hair. Would you cut her hair and do her shit up? Yeah, I, w- I would do that feet, no problem. Yeah. Oh, uh, see that's nice. Now, how about them toes now? Because I know that shit was growing farther than a motherfucker. Now you could cut them, but was would you would would you <laughs> would you did you guys try to give each other pedicures? Um, I don't think I don't think pedicures, but I am very into skincare. Um, I love I love like getting new like skincare products. So I'll get something and I'll be like, oh my god, you have to try this. It's so good. And so I'll be like. You know, putting things on his face and like. Um, this is true. Yeah. So I would be, I, I will share those things with him and I'll be like, you know, this cream's really good or this is really good. And you're like, okay, like yeah. I'll try it. <laughs> yeah. You know, some woman was waiting a long time for this shit to get done. And I'm like, listen, you got to cut them fucking nails because this shit ain't opening up on time soon. It's so hard. Like, yeah, it's, I know that it seemed like a difficult thing, but. Like I'm, I miss pedicures. Like it's just those, like you know, pedicures and manicures. It's those like little things. Yeah. And I feel like I always, I always do it wrong. <laughs> like I need now, help. Now, would you encourage him to get um a, a pedicure or manicure? Um, he's he's had a pedicure sure. when, with me. Right. Good, good. Yeah. yeah. That was my first, my first. His pedicure. first and only, but he's had one pedicure. First one, first one you did with him? Wow. First one, yeah, yeah. So it was for. Her brother's wedding. Yeah, it was about a year ago now. And, and she was like, oh, uh, she's going to get a pedicure. She's like, you should really do it. They do a great pedicure. It was over in, what was it? It was in It was in said. And yeah, man, I was like, you know, I had the chair, the electric chair. With and, the massage. Yeah. It was cool, yeah. man. It was that, I, just, I just did a video about that, man. I think every man should endure that, man. It makes yeah. you feel good and fresh. And well, I love to see a dude with some nice looking feet that it should all crusty and fucked up, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Somebody asked uh, a question right here. I, I don't think they would clearly um, entertain this respectfully. I, I don't think they would contend, but he had to ask the question. <laughs> so they want to know yes or no. <laughs> uh, that's a funny question, man. That's a funny question. Um, would they entertain an entanglement? I, I personally would not entertain an entanglement. <laughs> hey, that was a racist question. You think everybody in the damn Europe, you Europe is freaks? <laughs> let, let me, let me, let me. Sh- I thought it was a shit. Let me, <laughs> you see that? You thought it was open. You see this fool? <laughs> you said, do they want kids? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah you want kids? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what is this? I don't know. People went to work in the pandemic instead of working at home. Their spouse they would rather catch the road instead of stay home with their spouse. Sad. Oh my goodness! Mm. Yeah, not me. <laughs> mm-hmm. You heard? You, you heard what they just traveled to? Tell them where you travel to again. Shit! Tell them what's going on here. French Riviera, man. Uh, nice, Nice, and Monaco. It was, a, it was a great time. The only thing us Black Americans know is the Sasua Beach, where all the hookers is out there selling ass. So they, they don't know shit about no there. <laughs> so listen, we appreciate y'all. So listen, um, I want to know: Are you guys coming back? Or are you coming back? Yeah, man, we'll be back for sure, bro. We'll be back. Okay, so that's great. And uh, Vic and Paul leader—that's the name of the series. Um, <laughs> get your questions up. Don't be asking no freaky deaky shit either, because just because they live in the UK, don't mean they freaks. Y'all watching all the porn, and y'all think all the Europeans is freaky and shit, man. So. <laughs> Yes, us women love a groom man. They love a groom man. You know what I'm saying? Now, would you would you would you tell would you tell your woman um, 
but there's certain things you would want her to wear. Would you tell her that? Like, yo, I want you to wear this little cute shit here, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've, uh, there's certain things that I'm like, yo, I think you look really good in that, you know? Um, I really like that dress. So, yeah, yeah. And Victor has really, really good sense of style. So sometimes, like, you know, I'll be like, you know, what do you think about this? Like, I'll order something. I'll be like, what do you think about this? Should I keep it? And so I do value his his opinion just because he is very, he's very stylish. I try, I try. You know, I just love the fact that how she looks in your face when she's talking. Y'all ladies, get it together. God damn. You see how this woman, this woman would be talking and looking dead. That's true shit right there. If she was, listen, if she was on some bullshit, that would be, I wouldn't be able to even pick it up, and I'll pick up anything. Do you see what she's been doing for the last two hours? She's been looking in his face. That's that's important. And I'm going to tell you ladies to stress this. He said, I'm a proud pussy paying man. Hey, well, knock yourself out, man. I ain't paying for no ass. You do what you got to do. But the reality is that that is extraordinary. I want to just give you much credit for that, man. And Vic, you know what? The reason why I'm so giddy about this is because it's not too much of us. Mm. There's a lot of us, but ain't too much of us. Okay. Too much of us. So a lot of, you know, my, when, when, when I could identify with certain individuals, their woman could identify, and then we all just could click. So now when we all come together, we all could click. Yeah. And these are the individuals you want to be with on a seven-day cruise or seven-day, well, a resort would be better. I got to be on land. But, you know, you know, these, these are the things that people want to be encouraged by. And I want you to tell, beautiful lady, how important it is of why when you look at your man, you look at him with passion. Um. <laughs> <laughs> now she's on the spot. I know. Now I'm a bit embarrassed. <laughs> you do, because she'll do it. I, I hope y'all. She'll. He'll be talking. Your Nate, boom, boom, boom. He moving around all smooth, like yo. You know, because I can't even imitate how the brothers talk there. But they be asking, baby, baby, your Nate. You know, man, my brother, and she just like this. Wow, I'm like, yeah, that shit is. You gonna get the business tonight for real. You was talking that shit on Nate's channel tonight. You was looking real good. I like that. I really like how you been. Damn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, you know, she puts her hand through her hair, her little diva shit. So she she, she know what it is. And that's that American shit now. Because now she got a little, because she's Mexican and American. So she got the little swag down. She's like, what? She's still being sexy in this midnight. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So, so the reality is, you know, we 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 need to. Oh, she says we need to hear from you how important love is to Paulina. How important love is to me. I think I think love is everything. I think you need to have first and foremost, like love for yourself. I think you can't Amen. you can't love love anybody else if you don't love yourself first. And I think. You know, I've seen that with a lot of my friends, you know, just growing up. Like, if you don't love and value yourself, then you're never going to find somebody who will love and value you back because you won't ever see your own worth. So I think first and foremost, that's the most important thing to have love for yourself. And then after that, then you have to, obviously, it comes from your family. My family has always, you know, has always been very close, has always been very, uh, very open about communication, about the importance of 
you know, of, of loving one another, of respecting one another, of respecting like other people's views. And all of that I think has culminated with, you know, being able to to find somebody who who thinks the same way, who shares a lot of the same values and who who, who loves me and appreciates me and respects me and takes care of me when I'm sick and helps me to celebrate my birthday even <laughs> during the quarantine. I think it's a lot of that. Which is June 1st, happy, happy belated birthday. Oh, thank happy you. belated birthday. Um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't know him, Pablo. I'm sorry. I didn't know who this clown was. That's why I blocked him. So we got a serious conversation here. I don't want nobody distracting shit. So Vic, I know where you came from. I know how you was raised. You guys came from two of fabulous families. So clearly, thank you. Bro. Shout out to your parents, on Shout out to your parents. Shout out to your parents, man. Shout out to your parents, man. Much love them. Please let them know I said that. I love them both. I didn't even meet either one of their parents, but I love them both. <laughs> so, what have you learned about love? Because I knew you wasn't necessarily a little too much. You wasn't no player. You was always the dude that you was looking for your queen. You know what I mean? You wasn't no chump. You wasn't just falling in love with everything. Hey, I love you too, but yes. I, you know, I knew this has to be serious because I don't remember nothing that's serious with you since I've known you. I don't think. Yeah, I hate. You. Yeah, I mean, it's even when even when we met, it was just a case of um, I was surprised at how long that initial conversation, you know, was and how many things we covered. And as we're just speaking, I was just getting more and more intrigued by her. And there was just a good connection, a really good connection that we had. And good family values, you know, a good heart, a loving person, an intelligent person. Um, obviously, initially I was like, it was the physical. You know, as, as, as a male, initially it was the physical. But then when we actually started communicating, I'm like, well, okay, this is, this is actually someone that um, I'm really intrigued about and I'd like to know more about. And um, and it just grew from there, man. It just grew from there. Um, would you encourage um, more men to um, be in relationships or would you encourage men to date a lot before they get... Like, what should they look in a relationship where most men of color could identify? Well, we're black men. You live in the UK, I live in the US. Mm. I understand your language, you understand my language. What would you encourage the elite men of what they need to find in a woman that's important that'll calm her down from the game or stop the game? I would say, going back to something you just said now, man, I, I would say definitely don't just think, oh, I found someone and, and like, just don't, don't jump at the first thing that you find. You know, you know your own worth, know your own value. Um, and if you meet someone that can meet you on that level and that can appreciate what you have, what you have to offer, and they're bringing something to the table as well, more than just the physical, because the physical doesn't last, right? More than just the physical. If you can find someone that can bring that, bring something substantial to the table, um, then you may be onto something. And if you don't, that's okay too. You know, um, life is for living, man. Life is for living. I remember... Um, years ago when Halle Berry and Eric Benet were together and um, I was having a conversation with one of my friends and, and you know, it came out that Eric Benet cheated on Halle Berry. And my friend was like, man, like, how can you cheat on Halle Berry? And I said to him, I that question. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I said, just like that. 
I said, you're looking at Halle in the physical. And I said, do you know how many Halle Berry's Eric Benet meets every single night? And they're just not famous. Like women just as beautiful as Halle Berry are throwing themselves at this dude. Good looking brother. Plus he sings, you know, plus he's famous, successful. Like if you're just looking at the physical, then that's how he's going to cheat in her. But if there's more to it than that, if, if she's bringing something more to it than that, then it's, then it's different. And so that's what I would say, man. Like, uh, just be sure, you know, just be, just be, if someone can meet you on that level, um, is bringing something to the table, then, then there may be something there, man. Yeah. Mm, that is the, that's some, uh, brothers, I understood that. You dating a woman just all on a physical, you gonna end up cheating on. That's some real shit. And um, and Paulina, what do you think you can tell the ladies that may look at you and say, "Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about dating a little brother." What should they look for in a strong black man? I think they should look for first and foremost, like somebody who like I said, who will respect them, who will know their worth and who will, you know, treat them, treat them that way, treat them in a respectful way. I think that a lot of time, a lot of times maybe women, you know, they, they don't see their value. And so they allow people to treat them in a certain way. They allow men to treat them in a certain way. So I think first and foremost, know your worth, know your value, and then you know, find somebody that, you know, you're going to love and respect and who's going to love and respect you above anything else. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't need to say one word after that. I I, I think they have answered everything possibly. Um, Abby Jackson, they pretty much answered that too. When did you know when you were, she would be the one you would say? Well, they pretty much said that when he met her, when she had the food in her mouth. Shit, he knew that. Day. Oh, come on, you were my mic, damn it. <laughs> so this is a, a a great thing, man. We um, but I'll say real talk. I'll say real talk. Real real girls eat. Real girls like you know we go out and we get hungry. <laughs> I love. I love. I would, say, I, I would say to elaborate on that though, to Abby Jackson's question. Um, it was it was definitely a process though. It was definitely a process. I, I, I'll never be someone who say, "Yo, man, like you know, I saw her and I just you know." I, I'm 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 not I'm not with the Disney stuff. Maybe some people are, um, but it was definitely a process. And for sure, when I first saw her, I was attracted to her, and um, I was very intrigued by her. But there was a process of like, okay, and then like the conversations we were saying having earlier on, like, okay, where's her head at as far as you know, um, race, you know, and race relations, and what's the family like, and you know. How does she feel about it? How does she see race? And it, it was definitely a process. It was definitely a process. And um, yeah, and it, it just grew. It just grew from there. Um, what, what does this say in Spanish, Paulina? Yeah. I, I don't know what it says. It says, Espero que podamos actualizar su relación. Es algo tan hermoso de ver. So he says, I hope that, you know, we can get like an update on your, on your relationship because it's something that's beautiful to see. And thank you. Um, shout, shout out to Sopel. Shout out to Paulita for you see how we just love action. See that? Man? I don't want to hear that about coaching. I'm like, yo, say that shit again. <laughs> we just, I think, I think we're, this, this is great. Um, 
and, and JR 100, again, he's one of my elite brothers, so he has good taste. Shout out to JR, and thank you very much for that. We appreciate you. Um, I'm sorry, I had a lot of trolls coming in, so I had to just kick them right back out. So all the little negative shit, save that shit for whatever. But we appreciate y'all, man. Um, again, I really, really, from my bottom of my heart, I am in. Uh, I, I'm inspired. Um, and and you know, Vic, this is a beautiful, a beautiful look. And Paulina, I'm proud of you that because I can see that you're something that I talk about very much on this channel. It's called a lady. It's class. You know what I mean. So, um, more men and women need to have this compatibility to strengthen themselves. You need that. That's God has not just put us on this world just to be by ourselves. Yeah. So, and then um, also have to realize that relationships take work. Like they're not, they're not easy. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, it takes constant work and constant understanding and constant growth yeah. and the willingness to have that growth together and the willingness to have that respect and understanding. Yeah. So it's not just like, fairy tales like Victor always makes fun of me because I love I love rom-coms and I love absolutely fairy yeah. tales and yeah. he's like but life isn't like that I'm like well, I know but well, it would be nice if it was well I'll tell her the same way we're talking about like some of the gangster movies and like Narcos and Sopranos I'm like the same way some of these shows these gangster shows may influence kids you know to like look at that and aspire to be that some of these Hollywood movies and Hollywood sitcoms and rom-coms, they give girls the false impression of what a relationship is. Like the guy that they're talking to, man, he has, he's just, he has every, every response, every line, you know, he's just coming with it. And then like, he's flawless basically, like kind of like in Hitch, you know, he's just flawless. And I'm like, and nobody's that, perfect. I'm like, nobody's perfect. And that's like a 0.1% chance like that guy exists in zero percent one one of the population percent of the population basically, but they kind of expect that. They're like, no, nah, I saw it in Sex in the City, and I saw it in Friends, and you know that dude exists, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna wait for that dude. And I'm like, you wait for that dude, you know, <laughs> you wait for that dude. Well, you know, a lot of us do want perfection. A lot of us are looking for um, um, the best that we can, but I also feel that people have to embrace. Not what you want, what's what you need. And you need compatibility. You, you may want perfection, but you need compatibility. And one thing I've learned is that um it's rare to see that. It's unfortunate that I'm I'm on these channels and I'm with women that are married. And they they I know a woman now I interviewed the other day, she spoke about it that her and her husband's in the house and they don't even speak to each other. You know, just passing by each other, just oh, fuck you, I'll oh, fuck you too. So you you know, you know. Thank God, <laughs> thank God you guys, <laughs> you never got into that situation where you guys curse each other out, who got a potty mouth, oh, fuck you, you know? <laughs> so I, I think that if you, hey, you hey, you got these couples married for 40, 50 years, they talk shit to each other, but that's how they show love for each other. How do you guys think you show love for each other? What's your little special way that may be different to others? Mm, okay, I see. I, I would say how, she shows love to me, um, it would be, I'll be working, maybe I'm working, you know, she'll come in, she'll like kiss me in the neck, um, hey, how's your day going? Um, 
you know, that kind of thing. Just just checking up on me, you know, just checking up on me. Like she's in the other room. She's she's working in the other room. She'll come in, you know, she'll have these little like uh, you know, just just um tender moments, you know, just hey, like how's it going? And I'm like in the zone working and she's just oh, da, da, da. like so that's that's how she she that's an example anyway. Well, you know, one thing that I would like, I'm, I'm glad to hear, I would love to, before I get to Paulina's answer real quick, um, I would hope that, you know, you guys feel inspired when you came, you know, the minute you sign off this channel tonight. I hope you guys are inspired where, you know, some of the emotion expression sometimes people don't know. Oh, wow. Thanks, babe. Thanks, babe. I didn't know you thought of that. It kind of gives a little upper. So I'm just letting you know what's going to add on a little extra little points on to you. So what do you feel, Paulina? What, what, what is the way that you have your way of showing? Um, of of him showing love. Um, I think he's he's very caring and he's very uh, like if I'm not feeling well or if you know whatever's going on, like he'll be very you know how can I help? Like how can we fix this? And he's very like proactive and trying to fix anything that's wrong. Like even if I was having problems with something at work or whatever it was, he was always trying to figure out. A solution to help me and even if I just needed somebody to like listen he was like but let's try to fix it at the same time so I think that's that's a big way that he shows that he cares about oh, I'm gonna be crying my ass so you know how many people gonna be jealous as a motherfucker they gonna be like god damn it all this goodness shit Nate we <laughs> so we are we really um appreciate y'all man um again please please come back and um you know we're gonna try, like I said. Once there's a a, a a schedule, I mean, hey, let's ask it live. How? When do you guys think you could be back? Because they're gonna ask me, so I'd rather them ask now, so it's recorded. <laughs> oh, camera. <I'm... laughs> now this is the black side of us, because we'll be like, yo, we could do this shit soon. They'd be like, yo, uh, listen, put a photo. So you answered my question already, man. You just answered. <laughs> We'll arrange it soon, bro. We'll arrange it soon. We'll arrange it soon, man. We'll definitely arrange it soon. Like on the real, um, I, I love and respect everything you're doing, man, and and Thank you, you, you yourself as well. And I, I saw one of the comments said, "Make you the goat," <clears throat> and I remember, I remember, I put that out as a yes, uh, you did. Yes, you did. I said, if, if Nate ain't the greatest, he's the closest one. <laughs> yes, you did. Always building a brother up, man. I, I, thank you, man. Thank um, you. I mean that sincerely. I mean that sincerely. Um, and I've told you, I've told you a lot about Daniel in the past. Um, and so, yeah, man, a hundred percent. Like, um, we'll be back, and we had a great time. You're a great host. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Lovely to meet you. Thank you, Paulina. I, I think you, 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 you're, you're incredible. You did a fantastic job. So, there's no, you know, I mean, I'm here this long, so that just says it all. So. Some of these interviews, I'll be working hard, like, oh, shit, give me a towel, shit. But <laughs> today was just, it just felt, and you you know, your, your presentation is extraordinary. So not ordinary, extraordinary. So we appreciate that. So ladies and gentlemen, please give a round of applause for Vic and Paulina. And we appreciate y'all. Thank you. Now, they, they, 